Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast, episode 158, I believe. Pamela Wilson. Pamela Wilson is an amazing, incredibly talented painter. I've been a fan of hers for a long time. I'm very, I wish I knew how she painted because I would like to paint like that. And uh, yeah, her stuff's great. And, and it, we just finished a really excellent, very emotional, real interview. So that was cool. Um, really great one. So I'm excited to bring you that. We had a good time talking, got to know her. Um, yeah, lots of insights, lots of interesting stuff. So I uh, hope you enjoy that. I know you're going to like it. It's a good one. Another good one. We're on a roll, I'm telling you. They've been really great lately. Um, what's been going on with me? Let's see, since we last spoke. Uh, I'm just still working on tool posters. i got to get all those done. I'm trying to get them done by tomorrow. But you know how I, I am. Too optimistic, usually. If I can get them done by tomorrow, I can start shipping on Thursday. Get those done. Then I have that second batch of the melt posters for my third design I did. But I'm not going to worry about that until I get the first two designs out. Tool poster doodles. Yep. Um, that's about it. It's raining here in Southern California, which is nice. It's going to rain for the next like six or seven days or something, which is great. Because I love the rain. I'll take it over the sun any day of the week. Now it looks like Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, only Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Oh well. But we need it. We'll take it. So it's kind of adding to this strange ambiance with uh, the quarantine. It's, it's adding this... Uh, a layer of atmosphere over an already kind of weird situation. Weird times. But we're going to get through it. We're going to make it. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to make it out alive. And hopefully somehow we will be better for it. That's kind of what it seems like to me, I think. I think it's going to, even if it gets crazy for a while, because of it, I, I somehow think it's going to end up being for the greater good in some way. But, you know, that's just me. So, anyway, let me get to the new Patreon supporters. Because I need to get back to these posters. And you got to hear this interview because it's great. Okay, new subscribers to the Patreon. Oh, by the way. If you want to subscribe to the Dark Art Society Patreon, you know, I realized I was doing this in the beginning and I do it at the end during the interview. Probably only need to do it once, but oh well. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can do it by joining for just a dollar a month at patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And um, this allows you, aside from supporting the podcast so that the rest of the world who doesn't support can listen to it for free. You um, you get access to the 
the website to the Dark Art Society uh, secret Dark Art Society cooperative page on Facebook. And lately, the Friday night Dark Art Society art jam that Steve Clef organized and on, on Zoom. And that's been really cool. Really fun. People hanging out, making art. Uh, it's, it's, it's so much better than being alone right now. You just hang out with a bunch of other artists. And um, sometimes your work gets featured up on the screen if you want to share it. Or you could just hang back and chat. Or you could just listen. It's fun, though. It's just a bunch of artists hanging out, making art, talking shit. It's great. So, and that is uh, for Dark Art Society members only. So. Okay, here's some new subscribers we got. I think this this starts where I left off. Adam, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Is it a silent K, Adam? Adam Nehans? Nehans? It's K-N-E-H-A-N-S. Knehans? Well, thank you, Adam. Robert Elrod. Elena. Rob Don. Bumped his pledge, thank you. Maria Teacher, T-E-I-C-H-E-R, Teacher. Thank you. Willie Works, bumped his pledge a bit. And George Davis. Thank you, George. Thank you all. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Robert, Elena, Rob, Maria, Willie Works, George. Thank you all. And thank you, everybody else who's supporting the Dark Art Society podcast. We really appreciate it. And you're making it happen. You're keeping it alive with your support. So, um, what else do I talk about at the beginning of these shows? Um, I guess that's it. Nothing else is going on. Uh, let's see. No? Not a lot going on. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, I've been saying this all along since the quarantine. I'm, I feel like aside from people getting sick and, and all the stuff that's going on outside, disinfecting groceries when they come in and stuff like that, my life has not changed one bit. I'm as busy as I've ever been. So, um, but you know, we're all going to be indoors for a while. And that suits me just fine. That's the way I prefer it anyway. Uh, as soon as the tool posters are complete, I'm back on the dystopia book. So that's kind of exciting. I'll definitely be stuck inside working on that. And commissions, commissions and dystopia. That's my next goal. Man, life has gotten so weird. But you just got to roll with it. Because what other, what other choice do you have? No one's in control. But that's okay. Okay, um, that's it. I'm going to do a short intro for uh, this episode because I can't think of anything else to say. But thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Please share and like and all that stuff if you can. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm just Now I'm just talking to talk. Let's get on with this interview. This is This is what you came here for. Uh, an excellent interview with 
the excellent Pamela Wilson. Great painter, great thinker, you'll hear from this interview. She's a very smart woman, very talented, and uh, very interesting. So that's it. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the podcast. Hello, Pamela. Hello, Jet. Are, so, are do do people call you Pam or Pamela? Uh, my professional name is Pamela. Um, all my friends call me Pammy. Pammy. Um, Pammy. Can yeah. I, can I call you Pammy? You can call me Blondzilla. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, nickname from a long time ago. Um, Pam's fine. Uh, Pamela's probably what I mostly go by. So okay. That's fine. All right. Well, I probably, probably say my name, say my name, say my name. Yeah, right? yeah. I probably won't be uh, <laughs> calling your name out on the podcast. I, I answered so. anything, mostly. <laughs> especially if you're giving me money. <laughs> if you're not, I want to establish that. <laughs> so how how are you doing out in your neck of the woods? How how is the you know, yeah, coronavirus I'm up in Santa treating Barbara, you guys? <laughs> and we're in this sweet little pocket where the tourists, of course, don't come. So we're all laying low, trying to flatten our curve. And, um, you know, like you probably hear from a lot of artists, I'm like a pig and shit like seriously i get to just stay home right. and never go to the store and work all the time yeah. i love it it's like you're making me do this now the thing yeah, i've been exactly. doing for the last 20 years or 15 years or whatever i'm in my element man. <laughs> totally we've been waiting for this moment our whole lives i know i keep i keep telling my wife you know if it wasn't for all the death illness disinfecting groceries and, yeah. you know, six feet, staying six feet away from my family that doesn't live here, then it's it would be great. I would love it. Yeah. It's like no traffic, you exactly. know, it's like nobody's out. And then you go out walking and you see people and everyone's kind of friendly. It's a real trip. Yeah, from across the street. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you see someone coming and just like cross the street. Yeah, and then, but, then they like, <laughs> but then they like wave to you like, hey, you know, yeah. everyone's kind of happy. It's a trip. <laughs> I know. I was kind of trying to say that I was talking to someone else and they were asking me, you know, what it's like. And I said, well, you know what I liked about this. And I said, well, it seemed to be friendlier with my neighbors. And it sounded really bizarre. And I ended up just the the whole comment fell flat because I hadn't thought it through. But that is sort of how it is. You know, it's like the neighbors that I don't usually talk to because we're all busy and bustling. Even though we're far apart, you know, it's like that's your only world now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, I'm texting yeah, neighbors. neighbors that... Right next door. I suddenly have more conversations <laughs> with them and their kids, and they're talking about their hot dog weenie roast in the yard. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of nice. Actually. Yeah, that's, that is cool. There's there's an upside to this. Yeah. Um, there's so, always an upside so, into, you know, the horrible things. Definitely. Life, life is suffering. Absolutely. So you've been in the good things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, okay. I, I mean, I, I one thing I want to get to into with you is your painting technique but we could do do that later because i i am such a huge fan of your work like i can't even some of the stuff you do i cannot i cannot believe i can't believe it's a paint it just is like amazing just amazing in every way wow it's not that it you know it's not that it (laughs) (laughs) no it's not that it um like it's not like oh it looks like a photo it's so good it's different it's like it's so well painted thanks for that that i know right (laughs) I love all compliments, but yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, it is, it's realism. You are painting realism, but it's just, your technique is just flawless. It's, it's incredible. And the way you compose your images and the way you, 
use your models and you and you, costuming and it's like I love it too because you know it's got with your your talent and technique you could be kind of painting uh, the nude lying on the couch or you know <laughs> kind of your average thing you, yours has like this kind of dark twisted edge to it which i just think oh, is so thanks. cool which, i'm glad which, we're going to talk about that because that's yeah something i'm really dealing with it definitely that what, do you, whole, what do you mean you know, having been through painter's block recently which is just you know i was trying to tear down that that phrase and think what does that really mean because i don't have a block from ideas mm -hmm. i've just had really a lot of trouble trying to express myself and i just realized that you know there's just a lot of people in my head that i need to get out of there a lot of voices you know, do this, do that, paint cute things, paint happy things, paint, you know, when you have people who like different parts of your work, you start serving too many, you know, there's just right. too many cheap. <laughs> so yeah. it's been a real struggle trying to just find my own voice and use the tools that I have to kind of get in there and figure out what it is I really love. And I just recently sort of discovered, I've started reading Sylvia Plath again. Mm. I haven't read her for like 25 years and she just, she, you know, she knocked me into another world way back when I read her and I was telling someone else about her who asked me for a reading list, a friend. And I, and I said, you know, and I couldn't find my Sylvia Plath book. So, well, I have a bunch, but I couldn't find the one I was looking for the unabridged uh, diaries. And so I reordered it and it just came and I just started reading that poetry again and finding myself again. And it's, you know, it's good, mm -hmm. it's really good. But, um, I'm probably just running out the mouth now. No, <laughs> no. Run, run away. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that, I mean, that the only, that's the thing with an artist I think need to do is, is, is first and foremost, you need to paint in your own voice all the time. You need to, you need to do what excites you and interests you at all times and, and, and uh, resist the temptation to cater to what other people want really, which is hard if you're trying to make a living. So it's like yeah. the, go, the line of sellable versus truth right right but the idea the the ideal balance i think is to if, when you can find something that resonates with people that's also your truth you know what i mean because yeah. it's like what you're into like i have about you know i could probably paint about three different styles and and be happy with that but it's like i focus on the one that people like the most because i like them all equally the same you know what i'm saying right yeah, I, I get you. And, <laughs> and, and when you have, like, I have that same ability. I can paint in all kinds of different styles and all kinds of different head spaces. Right. And my friend and I that were talking and, and, and started to think about really painting really isn't about um, the subject matter or, you know, well, it can be actually. There's like three kind of parts of a painting or that make a good painting or something that, that, that I like to elaborate on. But I'm losing my train of thought. But, um, it, it's the uh okay that thought's gone <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome to 57 <laughs> welcome to my world i do that i do that at least once every podcast seriously <laughs> oh i'm gonna do it a million times because i have so many things in my head right now my head is just okay full. okay i want to i want to hear what you were gonna say about the three the makings of a good painting okay that sounds well, cool i just sort of was realizing that like you know there's there's different styles or paint and mm -hmm. well, I think there's like three things and I think you can focus on one, but the other two really have to support it. Right. Like you can have a great idea. Um, but it also, but the, so the three things are like your paint and your style. 
So that's one thing. And then there's the subject matter, mm-hmm. what your imagery is. That's another thing. And then it's the idea is sort of the third thing. Right. And, and most, the thing that runs through all good paintings, the one thing that's always there is confidence. And you right. have to have that to make a good painting. That's true. So if you lose your way, you're you're asking for everybody to, you know, placate you or pet you. You don't need that. You know, right. if you start acting like you have confidence, you'll get your confidence. And that's what I lost during this block. And I and I started just I was like a feather in the wind, just going everywhere, huh. trying all these new things. Nothing worked. It was horrendous. I don't have a block anymore. And now I just have this huge, you know bag of ideas and I'm, I'm going in different directions but i'm trying to hone it down and and so those are the three things so like you if you if you start with the approach of like i'm just gonna i want to do some great paint then the idea has to support that right. and the subject matter has to support that and the idea and the subject matter can be different that's true you know, that's why i think they're different categories but so right now i i think what i'm trying to do is consign my, uh, you know, resign myself to the idea that I, I do have the dark. I think we all have suffering. There's no escaping it, but For you sure. can sort of choose how you suffer. And mm-hmm. my friend, the friend I was talking about, we were talking about, I sent her a poem by Sylvia Plath, one of my favorites called The Edge. And she read it and she wrote back and she said, oh my God, you know, Pam, what is depth? What is that? You know, and I started thinking like, why do we go to that? And, and it's because when an artist does a disaster well it's beautiful right it's a simple idea but i think that's what i'm seeking is that beautiful disaster mm-hmm. you know when when sylvia plath you know I, I could read the poem but i won't but it's like you know she she brings you to the edge the dark thing but it's like all good poetry it's just written so well mm-hmm. and it's it, it it shows you the beauty like you're right. sucking the fruit all the way down the hole you know it's just like it's so beautiful and then we think like, I was telling her like it's it it, it gives me hope in a way. Yeah, like, I want to paint like she writes. Right, that's the goal, you yep. know, absolutely. Is to be able to say something dark but beautifully. Yeah, for sure. I think that resonates with everyone. Right, no one escapes pain, and I don't think that just you know painting happy little things does anything but put a band aid on it. You know, it's right. like nothing wrong with happy work, and there are a lot of people who do it very well, but there's something about showing the disaster the, For sure. the end the whole the the death yeah that's the it's thing it's the whole thing it's like yeah everybody's gonna die that's the thing that's the bottom line everybody's gonna die and and everybody has uh you know 99.9 percent of the population has uh, is afraid of that because it's fear of the unknown and all that sure. stuff and it's so it's like kind of and, and especially i think p- part of the reason why darker stuff is so important especially in our culture is that um, especially in America, but I think Western culture in, in general, in general, it just does not deal with the death issue whatsoever. It's like, you know, the, the funerals are all we got, but it's like, there's no celebrations. There's no, you know, thinking we're about the, <laughs> what's that? Well, I said we're in denial. Exa- and, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, who wants to sit and right. dwell in yeah, that, that thing? <laughs> yeah, it's reasonable. It's a reasonable denial, but it's not healthy for uh, the culture, I don't think, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's where art comes in, and especially dark art, which, yep. you know, it shouldn't have such a bad connotation. Well, I don't think that it does. I think, but the, once again, I live. It kind of does. Worlds. It kind of. I mean, it kind of. Do, it does to a lot of people. It does to a lot of people. People who are in the scene realize that it's, it's greater than what maybe the outside, um, 
viewing public that doesn't understand it thinks of it but um right and i did think because they have a fear of it too like they go oh that's a little dark for me you know right, they have right. to live with this People, collectors have to live with this art so I, I of course surround myself with those dark beautiful pieces i you right. know well, i can collect i have a very small collection because i'm poor right. but, uh, <laughs> but you know i don't know there's just um I, I tend to be drawn to those types of artists who aren't just dark and deadly but who give me the the hope in there too for sure yeah about that combo i can't say enough about it yeah but, it's um, it's it's the winning combo i think it's it's yeah. you know just just and it's so cliche but <laughs> but it really is i mean that's i think art has to take you somewhere but it also has to let you figure it out you know? right you, yeah absolutely i don't want to be hit over the head absolutely I, I figure it out so um when someone hands me something dark but then they give me a you know the the, the thing that hopes or the what is it Dickinson said the the let's see what is it the hope is the thing with feathers or something like that. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> I'm butchering her poetry but right uh, you know so I I just I really respond to art that's more poetry like I've, mm -hmm. I've said before you know that that gives me a little bit but then allows me and respects my intelligence and allows me to take it where I want totally. and I think great art does that at every level mm -hmm. you know there's something for everyone um, to attach to and, and there's layers in it. And that's, that's the kind of, you know, books I read like Nabokov, you know, the pale fire where you, you just don't know who's crazy in there. Mm -hmm. And I read it over and over and I always forget the end because it's, it's great. I can't wait to forget everything as I get older. Right. So I know. I've seen this movie, but I can't remember. That's, who it ends. that's the only good thing about getting older and losing your memory is that you can watch movies again. <laughs> <laughs> or read books again and forget the yeah, ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be wonderful, yeah. That, so that's, anyway, that, that's sort of what I've been dealing with, is just trying to find my way in there. And then you'll like, I'll post something on Instagram that I, I just feel fabulous about, and then, you know, it just falls flat. And I think like, oh, God. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but then once again, it's because you're looking for, you know, you're looking for love and validation couldn't be and validation. That's the word. Yeah. And I just, I, so I just, I need to just close up shop and kind of just get away from all that and find myself. So I'm sort of in the process of trying to decompress right. with all the needing of likes and love and, you know, and, and I'm not alone in that. And I'm, I think I'm pretty brave to admit it quite frankly. But, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, most people, uh, um, want that most people, everybody wants it. Come on. Everybody wants to feel yeah wanted and loved you know it's human nature but um, i'm happier when i get away from it and i replace it mm -hmm. with reading and i don't go check things and i and, and right. i get back into you know and that's one of the things that sort of left during the the block that i had is i stopped reading as much in fact i read very I, little i know i miss reading so much i yeah, haven't read I, I've it so long it. Oh, it's just great. I totally encourage you to get back into it because it's like suddenly I'm back and my mind is engaged in the right way. And mm. I'm, you know, I'm looking for ways to create and, and bring things around, especially in these, these times when it's really difficult, you know, yeah. the fear is, is big out there. And, you know, I have an elderly mother who needs to go to the hospital to, just to get tests because she's right. had other issues. And, you know, I just worry so much. It's like, mom, do not go to a hospital, but she's miserable. You know, right. it's not she needs to go to a clinic. She needs to have some tests done. But just that little bit, you know, just yeah. scares me. And I'm not with her. So, you know, that kind of fear of just like worrying about people around you mm -hmm. and, and um, 
you know, I like to think I'm robust and that I will just, you know, I've probably already had it. Right. <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, then there's the whole economy shutting down. I don't want to get, you know, political or anything, but I know. It's very scary. There doesn't seem to be a good outcome anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, 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 I mean, yeah, who it's so unpredictable. It's, you know, we've never dealt with anything like this before. So it's, it's, it's the best horror movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm all like about trying to embrace the chaos and sort of going, you know, it's all an adventure. And, and I, you know, I, um, I don't feel, I don't feel afraid for some reason, but, um, I don't uh, feel afraid for me. Yeah. 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 It's like, I feel like I can handle it. And, and, but, but, uh, but, uh oh. See, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, wait a minute. It'll well, come back. It'll... The fear and not being fearful. Yes. Uh, oh, I, the, the one thing that may come out of this that I'm, I've been wondering about um, is since so many people are now working at home, for one thing, it's going to I think it's going to cause a lot of people who've sort of been in this walking around in this trance which most people are just walking around in a trance, doing everything by rote. Nobody's really thinking about things, just kind of going about their day, doing their routine. I think it's um, going to shake a lot of people up out of that trance and get them thinking about things and reprioritizing important things in their lives, for one right. thing. And also, just on a, on a simple uh, work level, I wonder how many people are going to be like, hey, we worked from home during the quarantine. Why can't we keep working from home you know why can't right. we change things up in this way that's that might work better i won't have to drive this terrible two-hour commute every day that's ruining my life and you know why can't i work our from answer home? to global warming right what's that <laughs> our answer to global warming yeah global right that's the, that's the other thing to work. Yeah. i mean that's kind of the other thing too is that we're getting this like break from all the pollution for i know a isn't it weeks. beautiful kind of, yeah it looks so amazing outside yeah, because I live in well, really... I live in L.A., but I, you know, just yeah, even our own right, air yeah. here just feels different. And of course, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm glued to the news all the time and I'm seeing China and all the good things that are happening. And there are little silver linings like that. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think in some ways it's sort of leveled the playing field. And all everybody who thought they were better than everybody else has realized that in this sort of situation, we're all the same. Yeah, we, we all have to look out for each other. And absolutely. Um, hopefully there that will, you know linger that sort of feeling of, of we're all in this together i think and especially with people moving home to work there's already been no retail you know our whole downtown has completely changed i know uh you know i think they're just turning everything in homeless shelters thank goodness but wow. you know we had just had this amazing downtown in santa barbara bustling with sacks and you know all these great stores and just one by one they've just gone and it's like it's like a ghost town it's bizarre and yeah. it's before the pandemic, you know, and it's like, now I'm wondering, yeah, what's, because I was asking my roommate, like, what's life going to look like here? Like, what does, what will we do? Right. There's no reason to get dressed up. There's no reason to get your hair done. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go meet everyone. You know, it's like, what, what life does just suddenly, it, it seems to me, become very different than it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what people do with that. There, some of us have lived longer. And, you know, and then the newbies, you got to think this is this is not all that new for them. By newbies, I mean, you know, the young kids, but, right. uh, the up and comings. Like I have a son who's 33, just bought a house. He got yeah. married a couple years ago. He's, you know, he's doing all the things. But I thought like, well, I now want, I wonder what it's going to be like for them. Oh, I know. My kid's 30, too. It's, it's you know, it's <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 
Yeah. I, feel, I worry for me. I think my life will, will be fine till the end. Uh, but I do worry, like, what, what happens after that? And th- these are the kind of worries you can't you can't dwell on because there's no answer. And right. you just drive yourself crazy worrying, will they be okay? You know? Right, yeah. I know. I've got uh, two grandkids, too, that are eight and nine. And I'm thinking, oh. this is like, imagine being eight or nine years old in the 70s and experiencing this it's like it's it's how is it i'm not i'm not seeing it as like a good or bad thing i'm just like it's a trip that they're growing up this is part of what's going to form their personalities as they become adults you know it's yeah. it's a trip stolen childhood right right yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's and so... in other ways you know that the impetus is there for them to do great things mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were laying around on the lawn looking at clouds. There's right. not enough of that. I always say, uh, you kids are not allowed to get bored anymore. I know. <laughs> all creativity is bored. Um, but, you know, now totally. what? There's, there's no boredom. Right. <laughs> well, maybe right. there is being shut up. <laughs> so how, how long did your block last? I'm curious about this. About, I think it sort of set in around 2016, 17. Oh, I remember this is a long, of it. this is a long block. This is serious. Yeah, block. it was my only block ever. It was it, wow. it was utter hell, utter hell because I, you know, I I, I don't have a spouse. I need to make money. Yeah, uh, that's you know, terrible. I make a living by doing my art, and and I just I hummed along by myself for thirty years in my garage studio. I was very happy. I had my vision, and I did very well. Right. And it, suddenly, a social media hit. I think it sort of coincides with when I got on Instagram. Hmm. And suddenly, I think you know, I started to question myself because I looked at way too much art. Um, you the know, idea that, I, wait a minute, the idea that you would question yourself is insane to me because you are, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're like, you're one of the best painters in the world. Oh, you're, geez, you're, you're, no, I'm, not, I'm not, no, I mean, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm totally, and you know, I'm very complimentary to the guests on the show. Cause I have people on that. I, I, I uh, really respect and I love their work. So, but, so, but I'm not just, I'm not saying that just to be nice. I mean, really your, your stuff is well, thank you. Wow. Im- impeccable, impeccable, yeah. unbelievable, no, I- super inspiring to me. It makes me it, instantly. I always say the greatest compliment I could ever pay an artist is that it makes me just want to go paint. And every time yeah. I see your work, I just want to go paint, drop what I'm doing, get back to paint the painting I was working on. Cause it's really yeah. inspiring to me. So it's just as funny that you would have that feeling. So that yeah. just it shows a lot of it's it's probably gives a lot of hope to a lot of uh, younger artists that feel that way because I every if someone uh, your caliber feels that way then any everybody's gonna feel that way at some point you know well I think at some point I realized that you know I was living in a house of cards I mean I'm I'm not an overconfident person I'm I'm very well aware of you know what I can do and what I can't do but I. You know, I was talking to people and and people would say like, you know, hey, Wilson, you know, why don't you loosen up, slap some paint around? Why don't you oh, right. Kind of thing? Why don't you grow? You know, and, and so I think I lost my confidence almost immediately because I was listening to people mm. that I trusted. And so the biggest lesson in the whole thing is that I trust no one right. I'm the now. I, I don't have I don't want any help. In fact, you know, I just gonna... someone some one of my. I will. I need to be careful. Um, <laughs> I was asked to paint a certain way and a certain thing for certain stuff, and I I just unloaded and said, you know what? Do not tell me what to paint. <laughs> I've got enough crap in my head. I do not need that too. You know, I'll paint when I paint, and you know, at this point, I'm just ready to lose everything for my vision. Right. Whatever that turns out to be, because if I if I can do what I love and and make it work for me, 
that's going to be enough for me. And, and, you know, there's always, well, I can't, can't say there's always another gallery. There may not be, but, but there, you know, there's always another opportunity. My confidence again, I won't be told what to do. I won't be told how to paint. I won't be questioned. And that's not a, that's not an overconfidence. That is a a saving grace. That That is the only thing that I have now is that, you know, I may not know what it is I'm going to paint. I cry all the time, but, uh, (laughs) Because it's emotional to me. Yeah, it's yeah. It's been a really tough road. And you know, trying to find yourself is just, it sounds so silly to non-artists, but it's everything, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'm so I'm trying to slow down and instead of make, you know, I have rules now. And so um, one of them is, you know, a couple of them are that I, I have very low expectations mm. and I don't make any big jumps because I, I realize, you know, everybody would say like, just jump and see where you land. You uh-huh. know? And I jumped. I did a lot of jumping and <laughs> out of nowhere. And I kept saying like to the same person, I kept saying like, I can't see where I'm supposed to jump. So how am I supposed to do that? I can't right. jump. jump. Well, that does not work for me. I have to see where I'm going or I can't jump. Absolutely. So, so I've learned that may work for some uh, mm-hmm. with better skills. I don't know. So I have to use the skills that I have, my tool set, I call it. Yep. And not, not just be a realist, but realize that realism is just a tool in my belt. Uh, yeah. But every time I try to take off, I would go too far. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't recognized by anyone or myself. And so, and plus it didn't work. I mean, I would just, I have, I have a stupid zone and I keep going into my stupid zone and telling myself like, Oh my God, what are you doing? That's so stupid. And so I got to come back from the stupid zone. And so, you know, now I just, like I said, I have, I have, my expectations are low and my, my jumps are small. Right. And so I'm just trying to go one step at a time and stretch a little bit without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Yeah. So realism is what I do. I love to do that, but there's more than just that. I don't want to just paint the best, you know, thing square on my photo shoot. You know what I mean? I I need more. I want to just do the corner to corner thing. And I was saying to someone the other day, like, well, I'm trying to create this space. I'm trying to learn atmosphere. And I, you know, talked about Turner, which I know nothing, talk it on my ass because I don't know anything really. I don't have time to study. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I work every single day for the last three and a half years, every single day. I did have a small relationship in there, but he wanted more time and I just needed to be in my studio more. So I just ended it. Right. So, and I've been happy that way. You know, I don't want a relationship right now. I just, I just need to figure out what I'm doing without killing myself in the process, you know, I did get my exercise, but I don't socialize and all my friends, like they don't call anymore. They're like, yeah, she won't come out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I don't want to drink and I don't want to do stuff. I just want to be pure. And I just want to think this through without the help of marijuana or anything like that. You know, all things that have been suggested to me, I know how to go off the deep end. I'm just trying not to, Right. you know, trying to just, like I said, just find my voice. And I think I'm, I'm right now. And this changes by the minute. Cause I always think my block is over, but then I realized, you know, like I had to talk myself off the ledge the other night again. Cause it's like, Oh my God, I wake up at two in the morning and go like, what have I done? What did I do? That's right. so stupid. <laughs> you know? And then I change it the next morning right. and then I stare at it for three days and I'm like, no, I got to go back there. So there's a whole lot of that that just wastes time. Yeah, and I, I have so many does. people waiting for things and I'm grateful for that. But like deadlines are real and you can't be fucking around with work, pardon my French, when you have a deadline. So it's just, right. but at the same time, I don't want to just produce flat work because of a deadline. So Yeah, anyway. exactly, exactly. I, I have to say, you know, I went through that um, guilt about painting tight. 
of early yeah. early in my career. I was Your I stuff is great. Because well, it's monster mosh. <laughs> I, love, I always say that when I see your work. It's a monster. <laughs> I'll take that. No, but but I, I was, you know, because my tendency has always been from the beginning to to paint kind of tight. And so I kept feeling, you know, like, you know, you, I'm sh- you got shamed. Yeah, I know. Like, been you, there. <laughs> yeah, you've been there. It's like you see the loose stuff and you're like, oh, you see a uh, um, sergeant. And you're like, oh, man, I want to paint like sergeant. Yeah. And so what Don't I did is, well, yeah, what I did is I, I ended up forcing myself to try and paint loose. Right. And so I kept loosening up, loosening up, playing around. And, and then finally I did one painting of my uh, dog and I painted it in the loose style, you know, in that loose uh-huh. style where I just spent as little time as possible, you know, just uh, yeah, economy of economy of brushstroke and all that. And and it, and I and I did it, and it was successful. I was like, ah, oh, I did it! I was able to paint one painting like in this in this loose style, and then it, and then I was like, okay, I just proved it to myself that I could do it. Now I'm going to get back to how I like to paint, and I just went back to the tight painting because that's where I naturally so want to be. Know, right? Yeah, you it's like I, it was more know. like. It's more like I wanted to see if I could do it. And it was like, I actually didn't really even need to go through all that. It was all in my head because I just ended up going back to where I was comfortable, which is more of a a tight kind of painting and tight realism. But I mean, I I kind of brought in, I think, some of that looseness into my backgrounds to where I was like able to leave things loose. and Right. See the little steps. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. I I just look for mistakes and I try to go with them. And I Mm -hmm. I, I name it things like down the middle. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like didn't go left, didn't go right. went down the middle. (laughs) It felt good. Right. But I had a similar experience because I recently, like a couple months ago, I was, I had tried, I was working on this painting. And what I did was at the photo shoot, was trying to make myself, you know, change and grow. So Mm -hmm. at the photo shoot, I deliberately uh, photographed this woman in a pool and from above so that when I went to paint it, there was nothing in the background. So I would Mm. have to paint myself out of a corner. Well, can I just say no? (laughs) Because it was horrifying. So I had this (laughs) painting that I'd been working on and I had like five or so. I mean, she's been to Europa with ice in the background. She's been swimming. She's been underneath. I've had, uh, you know, (laughs) lily pads growing up inside of her. She's been underwater, overwater, everything. And I finally just got fed up and I was going to erase the whole thing. And I thought, no, I'm going to throw an octopus in there. And I threw the octopus in and I, and I, at the same time, I just fucking loosely painted it. I mean, there's an inch thick of paint on that shit. Wow. And I just didn't fix it. And that's not like me. Like I'm, you know, right. like blend here and there, but I threw it on and I haven't even been back to it since. I'm just really happy where it is. Right. I, I'm going to go back to it because, but I got, deadlines but uh (laughs) so i stare at it every day but i've never been happier when i was painting so i'm like you i I did it Mm -hmm. yeah i absolutely did it and i stepped back 10 feet and it came to life and it's like oh my god i'm painting (laughs) oh my god i painted (laughs) because it was that exciting to just paint right so so i'm trying to use some of that and and get there but it's like it's slow going for me because i have to really you know, but I know, like you, like I figured out, I can, I now have that in the tool belt. Right. I know how to do that. And I'm going to use some of that. But, you know, you have to discern when it works and when it doesn't. So, um, right, right. But mostly I can't do any of that, I feel like, until I get a painting to like, you know, 50 to 75% done. And mm-hmm. then I can see it and I know who it is right. and start messing with it. Right. But I kept giving up before I got there because right. I didn't trust myself anymore. So I, I've erased probably 60, 70 paintings. 
in the last wow. three years wow. that were that were at least halfway done that had two to three weeks of solid painting on them Holy and shit. then just sanded out amazing and I, wish, I wish i had some of those back now but right. that's the nature of the beast wow but, uh, yeah it sounds like you lost your confidence more than anything it was yeah. like you know oh totally totally and if you don't, if you don't have that you can't paint you right. can't paint without confidence, without a certain no. level of confidence. I keep telling people too, like a lot of younger uh, artists that maybe don't have the confidence, but they're they're painting. I just tell them the 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 surest way to get um, confidence as a painter is just to paint, 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 yeah, work through the, just paint. You can learn you, a couple things, but yeah. nothing happens till you paint. Exactly, you paint for years. <laughs> exactly, you have to keep yeah. doing it over and over, and and eventually you're going to be like, oh, I know how to do this. I'm not scared to try and paint this because I know I've got this worked out. You know, it takes so long. You I know, know. And, and and Instagram is just this horrible thing <laughs> that rewards mediocrity, right? And tells people it's easy, and you know, and then you know, depending on your situation, you you could start getting a whole lot of likes for crap right and i see a lot of that and it, it just it pains me because it's like this is not this is not the way the world is this is not how it goes you you have to do more and you're getting rewarded for this and you think it's good well yeah yeah Man, it ain't I do. you know <laughs> especially <laughs> especially with art you know art was the place that art was the one place where this wasn't supposed to happen you exactly. know what i mean it's it's yep. like if it it, it 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 it's supposed to be the place that um you can't get away with that shit but you right. know it's it's I get away with nothing and and then I look at this crap and I think like and it's just like miles and miles of likes and new followers and right it's like, wow, right wow <laughs> this is wrong well it's you know <laughs> so the so, weak me I, you know if I just look away it's but the, not a problem so much you should listen I I always recommend this episode I know you don't do podcasts but if you do listen. I I love podcasts. I just can't hear yeah. them when I paint. Right, right, right. But um, uh, I was just—I was also going to say, uh, backing up a little bit, how how funny it was. So much of what you were saying uh, early on about the uh, the the beauty within the you know the painting something, taking something dark and turning it, tra transmuting it really into something beautiful through art is is just this running theme on the show it's funny that you were telling oh. me you, you you haven't listened you only listened to one podcast before yeah. and i was like this is exactly what we we talk about this just about every episode but oh, I, wow. I thought that i thought that was funny but um the game but yeah. i'm on track <laughs> <laughs> um you know so much of social media and people getting the likes and getting the followers uh, if you listen to this episode, it might be boring to you, but it's only like an hour and a half. It's oh, the it's the Josh G episode we did. Um, I'll I'll look up the number, but um, he I'll talks. He basically talks about um, uh, how to use Instagram if you're an artist, and it's and it's a bunch of technical stuff. It's how often you post, at what time, how you frame your images, yeah, yeah. how you use stories, what hashtags, how many hashtags, who you're dating. It's, it's just it's it's all this technical mumbo jumbo and it's it's really a matter of you know if you start to implement these these um rules in your posting you will get more followers more likes more interesting you yeah. know so so it is like a it's because of the algorithm it's all because of this right. algorithm business so but then i but you know even when i and i will listen to that definitely thank you for the tip yeah 110 um, episode 110 that's what 110 it is. Mm -hmm. okay but but really what happens to me is I realize that, that you know, I'm unique, I, I think, among a lot of artists in that I've been around a long time. Mm -hmm. And I came up when the coming up was hard. Oh, yeah, and I bet. Luck 
lucky and you had to be good and you had to show up and you had to, you know, completely make it your life. And I did all that and I came up and, I, you know, well, to a certain degree, obviously, you know, I'm way down here, but no, <laughs> yeah. but as me, far right? as art goes, I mean, I had galleries, I, you know, mm -hmm. I've had 23, 24 solo shows, you know, I did all this the hard way. And then I think I sell well, so right. Knock on wood. <laughs> and your stuff ain't cheap either. I mean, you well, get good I, prices for your work. It's, it's relative, you know, but yeah. then, you know, that's galleries for you. See, and so like a lot of people, they'll take off on Instagram. And then I, I hear a lot of complaining about how they, you know, they brought the, they brought the, uh, the client, therefore they should get all the money. I think like, don't these people know what it costs to run a gallery? I know, I know. I've talked about this many times because I, I work so close, closely with Copro. Um, curate, yeah, yeah, I'm curating that it's like people don't people don't understand. It's it's about as hard to run a gallery as it is to be an artist and make right. it. Right, and there's something that, you know, it's like the gallery gives you life. They, you know, you don't have to worry about all the stuff that you're not good at because the gallery does that. It's a wonderful symbiotic relationship. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll get big on Instagram and then they'll, so, so because they have a lot of followers, they'll get in these shows, you know, they get asked to be in shows and then I... The, I go look, but there's no sales. You know, it's like, right. so I don't need Instagram is what I'm saying. I don't need these things. They're not the way I'm going to make money. They're not the way my art's going to get shown. I'm never going to have the kind of followers that these millennials have or big rock stars like you. I, I'm cool with that because I have a little niche. I mm -hmm. have, a, you know, a group of collectors who are gods to me because they supported me when I was right. young right. And, and I'm not going to let them down. And so my, my driving factor is trying to keep my work valuable for my collectors who right. invest in me. It, absolutely. And all I want to do is keep working. I yeah. have no desire to be rich. I never, it's not going to happen, but if I can keep working, I'm happy. And that's, you know, yeah. I find my sweet spot and it is, if I can create, then I can get through things, you know, yeah. I just don't want more and I'm grateful for what I have. So you know, to bring that back around, it's like, you know, I don't want to kill myself to try to be popular on, on Instagram. I don't need to be. Right. I don't, for me, I'm you've saying. You've already done that. I mean, you've already kind of done it the hard way before yeah, all of this I, stuff. I have galleries and I have following. Yeah, but I'm I mean, not... like, like, that's what I'm saying. You've kind of done it in the pre-internet way back when it was really Right. Even, even harder to do, I think. It creates when you a need to feel like you're left out. Right. The reality is. Those people with all the, the followers get asked to be in the shows. Right. So they're all nervous, but then I think like, but I don't need that. Well, I you, can't here, you know, shows I have. Here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. The galleries that are counting on people with large followings to show at their galleries are doing it so because they don't have um, the access to collectors like they used to. And so they're they're counting on the artists to promote the shows. Right. I think this is I think this is the, the, the thing that. Way. I think this is the 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 kind of re reasonable problem that some people have about galleries nowadays is that um, a lot of them aren't doing all the work that they're supposed to, that they used to do back in the day where they would do all the promotion. They would deal with all the selling and shipping and blah, 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 blah. Right. And you would just paint and show up. And right. that's it's not especially with newer galleries. It's just the landscape has changed so much. That's not really the case. It's like when there's a show now, all the art they're counting on all the artists pitching in and promoting it and using their right. fan base. And it's like it's just this changing landscape. It's 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 so yeah, I don't not that it's good or bad, but I mean, um, it's just kind of no, the way those truth, yeah. newer galleries are changing slowly. But I don't know that it's a good change, quite frankly, because I think, you know, what what happened before was that, you know, the. You, you could weed out the good right. artists. 
right. know, the great work is, is what got invited. And and now it's the name. And you but, can but, but, that name in several ways. And true. it's not necessarily by great work. True, true, know? true, true. But but was hasn't it always been the case, though? Unless, uh, except at the very top levels where they could kind of just say whatever is the new thing gets gets to the attention. Isn't it true, though, that... Um, you know, yeah, the 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 artists that sold would get shown in galleries because how else could galleries keep their doors open if they're you know just doing it right. to support an artist that's not selling even if the, the work's great? So I mean, that's in a way maybe that's has true, existed yeah. all along. And it, it's it's everything's just multiplied by a thousand now though with the internet. Everything is right. it's just cha- it's just chaos. It wasn't necessarily the best work; it was the most sellable work. Right, and right. Those- those are those are two different monsters. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's a line we all walk. Those of us who have some experience and can go kind of two different ways or a million, myriad ways, I think you know that's definitely something considered that we always have to consider. Right. I have to consider that all the time. It's like, you know, what keeps my work valuable and what, how far can I go? Mm-hmm. And you know, at my level not so much that I'm at a high level, but at my age, having been in it this long, there's a certain expectation of what I'll produce. And so when I go too far from that, nope. Right, right, yeah. um, You know, I know artists who paint something very well and they've become known for it and it's what's wanted and they try to paint something else and it's nope. Really? And they're very (laughs) frustrated because they do very well with what they're doing, but there's no room to grow. There's no room to do what they really want to do. And and I hear, you know, I have a lot of conversations with artists and that's, that's the going thing. It's like, I'm not allowed. Right. I'm not allowed to paint that. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do for figure work? I'm not allowed. (laughs) When did you. How much you give into that. Yeah. It's always going to be this struggle of wanting to eat and buy art supplies and wanting to be your true self. And it's unfortunate that, you know, they don't always coincide. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'm learning, you know, some hard ways, too. But, you know, I think you have to get to a certain level before you have to make those choices. Like when I like I was telling somebody the other day, like, you know, when I started out, I was painting dead dogs on the road. Wow. And my first gallery said, Pam, people don't buy dead dogs. You need to stop that. <laughs> and I was like totally in the fog, like, what? What? <laughs> that's what I paint, you know? And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what you paint anymore. So he actually ended up making a show called, uh, people, uh, people don't buy animals or something like that. Uh We all all paint animals. I, mine weren't dead, but, uh, but you know, just, this is like so many years ago, but, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you is when did you start showing in galleries? How long have you, I mean, what's your first, when was your first gallery show when was your first solo i'll give you a quick overview so in high school i started painting i did my first portrait as a senior in high school and and it was just in acrylic and it was just a project we were doing basically but uh apparently i got a really great likeness and i I, all my life i was the family artist when Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know at very young age everyone was astounded and stared at me with their hands up and their faces because i'd drawn a table and chairs in perspective wow (laughs) (laughs) oh my god <laughs> but my family, you know, I had a sister who's an overachiever, so I always got to sort of be the middle child. And they just they'd say like, "Oh, Shelley did this, and Shelley's a doctor, and Shelley did this," and then they look at me standing there, and they'd say, "And Pam's our artist." <laughs> 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 so I always felt 
a lot of encouragement. So, you know, there was never any question that I was going to be an artist. I just didn't do anything else. That's what I did. I drew all the time and I always drew faces. But um, so anyway, in high school, I did this. So my my high school art teacher, with whom I'm still wonderful friends, Sally Christensen, sorry, Sally Archer Christensen, is one of the best humans I know. And she really encouraged me and she got me a bunch of commissions in high school to paint all the teacher's kids. Oh, my God. Wow. So I started doing that. And that was 1980. Amazing. And then I, I got a scholarship to BYU, and I was very Mormon back then, so I went four years to BYU, but I didn't quite graduate. So uh-huh. then I, I, my, I dated the only Catholic on campus, and we broke up, so I didn't want to be there anymore. So, um, <laughs> so I, then I went to Colorado State. I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So I went to Colorado State, and I wanted to be a lithographer. Hmm. And this guy was showing me the lithography studio and I'm walking around. It's like, we'd had like three beers and we're walking in there and looking at, he's like, and this is the, where the stones are. And so I just touched <laughs> the stone. I'm like, Ooh, I like this. And as I touched the stone, it started rolling towards me like a 60 pound stone. I'm oh like, my God. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, look, Hey. And I couldn't catch it. And it fell on the floor and broke. Oh my God. <laughs> Someone's work on it. Oh my God. <laughs> so the only printmaking teacher, uh, called me the next day and just, you know, chewed me a new asshole and told me I had to pay for the stone and called me into the office and I had to go speak to the dean. And the dean said, this was just an accident. You don't have to pay for the stone. He was super nice, but oh, I good. wanted to be a photographer. So I knew that I could not work with that teacher. So I left that school. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And then I moved to San Diego to be a beach bum, and I was, and then I had my son out of wedlock, and, um, you know, love him dearly. He's hmm. the best thing that ever happened to me. And then uh, and then I went back to school when he was about three hmm. to San Diego State, and uh, and there I became a lithographer, and, um, and I turned down a full ride to uh, USC. They offered me a full ride uh, for graduate school, but I had a three-year-old boy, and I was single, so I was like, right. mm, nope. So, uh, so I didn't do that. Turned down that great opportunity. I'm bragging now, but uh, anyway. So, <laughs> no, I want to hear it all. So then I, um, uh, I, I opted to go to San Diego. I'm sorry, to uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara. So I came in there as a lithographer, and then about six months into it, I said, you know what? I'm going to need a bigger studio. I need to get back to painting. And so, because I didn't know what I wanted to paint, which is why I went into lithography and ah. photography and assemblage. Mm. And I love that. So assemblage is my <laughs> first love. I tinker, I make things, I make suitcases out of disorders and all that. Mm. And I'm always doing that. I always have a little something going, right. light boxes, you know, shoes that open up with, you know, secret passages. Uh, underneath. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that I love stuff. That's, yeah, anyway, I do. So I went back into painting and graduated. And then uh, when I was still a graduate student, um, I wanted to be in this show called um, Addictions. Uh, it was here in Santa Barbara at the museum. And I was just, um, I just, somebody, and I, you know, I was fully confident. I was like, I, I need to be in that show. That's me. <laughs> and so uh, somebody gave me the name of the curator and I called him and he said, uh, yeah, it's a little late. We've already curated the show. And so I was like, oh, whatever. And so uh, at the same time, in the same museum right next to it, there was a show. Uh, there was a show called Artists Choose Artists. And every board member on the museum chose an artist that they liked, and someone chose me. Uh, and cool. so I got to have a solo show next to Addictions that I didn't get into. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was during that show that this guy came through, this art dealer came through town, and um, and he was not, he was on a pleasure trip. So his wife said, you will not go to any art shows on this trip. And he said, I just have to go see the Addiction show. <laughs> That's it. So he came into the Addiction show, and he saw my work, and he 
left that week. He stayed two days and left with like seven of my paintings. Wow. And, and I would love, I, I would love to see those paintings from back then. Yeah. Is I there anywhere to, is there anywhere you can see them? Of them Chet. What's that? <laughs> I have slides of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got slides of my, some of my work too. Believe me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, that's how the whole thing uh, busted out. That was very, just luck. Just luck. I just, you know, showing up. I right. showed up. I got into every show that I possibly could. I yep. had shows all the time as a graduate student, and I knew how to keep people in a show. And that's, I would go over and spend $300 at Trader Joe's, buying wine and good food, and put yep. it out on the table in the middle of my art show so that everyone would stay and talk and eat. And, oh, and how smart. I did that every time. I, I knew it wasn't the art that was going to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, so I just went from there. And from there, you know, I, I, of course branched out into several other galleries and you know there you go wow but, uh that's sort of my history. yeah that's 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 incredible that's amazing you, that's, you gotta that's... show up that's the only way your luck's gonna work absolutely yeah we just yeah again another another point that's made on the show all the time too it's like you gotta put the work in you gotta show up you gotta do so all yes. you gotta do the uncomfortable things that you don't want to do you gotta go schmooze you gotta go meet people you gotta get out of your shell and force yourself to do these things. I mean, I was the biggest introvert shy person there ever was. I was so painfully, Oh, ter yeah. Terrible, terrible. Um, throughout my childhood and even into, into being an adult, but it's like, I never let it stop me from getting what I wanted, even though it was painful and terrible. It's like, if I, I, you know, I got in the film business, that was another, oh. that was a big leap. You know, I went, I did, I worked that in make, yeah, I worked in makeup effects for, 20 years oh, before totally I did. Makes sense yeah now. absolutely i'm gonna have a podcast and have you on <laughs> okay oh come on <laughs> i got lots of i got i really need to do something <laughs> i got lots of movie stories but um but just oh, e even even doing that was hard but i always would do just do it i just did it anyway it's hard but i didn't let it stop me and and same with this podcast you know the first po episode of the podcast i was basically talking to the guy who i used to co-host with was I, you know, I'm not good at speaking. I'm just not. I've never been verbal. I remember being a little kid and not being able to verbalize what I was thinking to my family. I couldn't do it because it's just like I was, I've never been great at speaking. So part of the, part of the reason and getting, I remember being frustrated, being like three years old, just being frustrated that I couldn't say what I was thinking. But, um, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, part of the reason I started the podcast, <laughs> what? It cracked me up. <laughs> uh, picturing little chat. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason I started the co the podcast is so I can, you know, learn to speak better and just, you know, you can tell yeah, I sta I'm standing. You were I'm, just a big old talker. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I, I'm terrible at it, but it's, it's forced me to get out of my comfort zone. So, you well, know, I didn't want to do this podcast today because I just, I think like nobody wants to hear me talk. Oh, and plus I, I get nervous and <laughs> yeah, you know, right. I can't paint all morning and it's like, I just need to got. But, you know, I say yes, because that's what I tell my students, like, say yes. Yes, it's good. Yeah, and I'm glad. And it, we'll do it. Yeah, it's great and, advice. And there's yeah. a whole big following on this podcast that's probably going to be exposed to your work for the first time. So, oh, so, so All that's use my silly stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> no way. Your way. stuff is your stuff's amazing. Your stuff's so amazing. Um, yeah. So let's get into technique a little bit, because your technique okay. is off the hook i mean i'm so envious of what you can do with paint it just completely blows my mind this isn't gonna go well because i can't see that i just feel like eh. you know I, I have to just get my confidence it's back. crazy okay, it's crazy it's crazy to me um 
So are you painting like uh, a grisaille technique kind of where you're doing the black, yeah. you know, the grayscale under undertones and then color glazing color over that and I have done that. I have done everything. Like I, you know, when I was in uh, at BYU, it was a great, uh, really great academic education, and I learned how to boil linseed oil. I ground all my own paints. Mm. I learned grisaille. I learned all that kind of stuff. And you know, sometimes I do it. Sometimes I don't. I get in moods. It isn't necessary to do. Right. And um, you know, there are just so many different ways. And one of the thing, good things that came out of this three-year uh, block is that I relearned my materials. Mm. I thought I got to come at this another way. So um, I have worked with really great people and and learned how to how to do everything right again. Because like 30 years alone in your garage, you're just doing right. shit. And you, don't know, you don't know how, you know, it's like I never questioned it. Like, right. that's bad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I've learned a lot of things and I'll just preface with this. Like it's it's no good to use zinc. Zinc starts cracking three years. Okay, the, that's yeah, what I, I've, I've that. heard that. Yeah. Yeah. This, well, the study just came out. They did it from 1960 to present almost. And uh, Natural Pigments has a lot of really good information on their website. So mm -hmm. go read about all that stuff. Right. So that I use lead white now, where I didn't use to. I use titanium, and um, and now I you know I understand why I use lead white, where to use it, why to use titanium, and when, and that right. sort of thing. And so to answer your question, you know. Basically, how I've always started is I just draw with paint mm -hmm. and uh, I just, you know, work out the hard shit. Uh, I have a projector that somebody gave me in like 1996 or something like that. There have been times I've used it to throw something up fast. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll admit that. But I, I just think you lose a lot when you don't draw and, mm -hmm. um, you know, you lose all your good mistakes. And it's, it's like you're nothing not tracing anything so onto the canvas generally. No, or? no. No, Holy you just, shit. I just throw it right on. Are you serious? That's all just from your hand. Oh yeah. That's insane. Well, the last 30 years mostly, but I, I just not... wanted to say I just recently discovered how to trace. Right. But I'd heard you can't use graphite. So I did a couple of things like that, but I really didn't like that because it was all like and plus right. I'd be a hypocrite because I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what about but, you know, I, wanna, I wanna see what it's all about. So yes, right. I have done that and I have done the other. But even when I've thrown things up with a projector, I just get an outline on I can't it. believe that. That's amazing. That's a, that's like no, a... It's hard. And drawing is fucking hard. And it takes well, me a long time. Well, the, especially the level that you're... The, the level of realism and, and just the, the level of rightness you're getting by freehanding that. Rightness. No, 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 no. Like, I, you know, the hand's too big. The head's too small. I'm forever making tiny heads. So at one point, <laughs> I just started to go with it. Like, I made this, like, back... Way back when, I made this tiny head and this huge body at the same time that uh, that uh, what's her name uh, Jenny Savile was doing her great stuff. Like I was doing the same shit, right? <laughs> but nobody saw it, right? But, no, but uh, you know, it's hard, and and uh, and I think I'm just you know I've been drawing so long that you know That's... it's almost boring to get started, you know. But I never get it right. It's really hard for me. I have to measure, 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 measure a lot, and um, and I just feel like you know. I can sit down with a pencil and and look at a model and just draw it. And it's almost like it just goes on so nicely. I, I don't understand why I can't do it with paint, but it is hard. Right. And, and then I just start by um, like, I'll do like a, a, just a wash kind of thing, you know, like mm -hmm. it's cool. I basically just draw it in one, one low color. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I let that dry. If I'm patient, if not, I just start painting into it, but then your whites are all messed up and that. Right. So, you know, I'm starting to go into these teaching workshops and, and it's hard because it's like, I suddenly have to have a reason for the things I do, but I'm, I'm totally scrappy or what's the word? Um, 
Is that the word? Scrappy? Yeah, scrappy. Like I just, I just, you know, I do it different every time. Right. I just, I just can't wait to get that green in and I'll just start, you know. But, um, but like I said, I've learned a lot about materials. But, yeah, I just draw it on and then I start painting. Grisaille, you know, I know how to do that where you, <clears throat> well, obviously, you know, where you, you glaze on everything. But I've learned recently in this whole thing that, that any um, um, resins are, shouldn't touch a painting at all. And I'm a big glazer. I mean, I've right. been glazing and i love it and i really don't like the feel of um liquid you know mm. you can't get a nice glaze with it so now i started mixing it with a a, 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 a heat bodied sometimes drying walnut oil wow. so it gives me a little bit more smoothness and it, you just have to use them really thinly and really for me only towards the end right which is kind of what i've always done anyway but like no more oh, i never did them but um you know the drips i was intending to do i call them gratuitous art marks <laughs> that's perfect we used to make fun of them but now it's like yeah it seems to, you know like there's just a lot of people who are using technique well and i've seen too much of it so you think like i'm gonna do that but it just doesn't work for me right so um you know I've, i'm trying to figure out how to glaze right but uh but that's just what i do and then i just do it layer by layer i swear to god it takes me forever to do i i some people are turning on a painting every three days and i think like how are you doing that right. like i mess up my first layer so bad it's all about <laughs> fixing with me like and that's one of our rules. Number one is ass in chair when you have a block. Number two, which means show up. Don't go. People say like, you should go for a drive across the country. And I'm like, yeah, are you going to give me $2,000 to do that? Right. <laughs> money. I have to paint. So, um, so the no breaks, but, um, but you know, you show up and the number two is you can't edit nothing. So you just start painting. And that's right. always been my motto. And I used to like start at the head. And then I would like all the way down and the feet would fall off the bottom. So it was a choice of like, how lazy am I? Right. <laughs> so a lot of my compositions were like that. That's yeah. And, that's, that's why I started cool, doing, actually. yeah, I started doing studies after I did that one too many times. I'm like, I'm tired of everything being a quarter of an inch off. If yeah. I would have just planned this out a little bit better. So I just, ever since I've done studies before I I now I can't get, get a, uh, get away without doing a study first just, uh, you know I, i'm able to eyeball it better now you yeah. know i'll get back and like you know see the half and know that i'm going to do that but you know it's, it still just takes time right yeah and uh and if all else fails i'll pull the projector out and just check it you know and then you go back on the bottom but you know i don't i don't want that look where it just looks like it's just traced on i just i, I see that and i i want my mistakes i want things to be that's off. just it's it's i i'm 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 gobsmacked I can't believe. I mean, I can't, I, I I didn't know it was possible to get this kind of accuracy freehand. It just blows my mind. I just think you have to be. You know, I've just always had a good eye. I know, <sighs> like, there's so many like really well-known artists, and they'll paint this masterpiece that everyone's looking at, and I'm caught up in the hand because the hand is too small. Right. <laughs> Even when they're trying to be all badass foreshortening, and the hands up here, and the face, like, nope. It's too small. Right, it, right. It's wrong, and then I can't get past it. It's right, just, it's yeah, yeah. a bad actor in a, in, a, in a good movie. Like, I can't even see the movie because the guy can't act. <laughs> right. So, well, I'm glad that you think it looks good. But, oh, are you uh, kidding? I'm looking at this Murmurs from the Hollow painting, this little girl. Oh, oh yeah, that bottle. Oh, my God. That bottles, those the, bottles kill me. Yeah, it's so the, hard. I have moved that line about 80 times. The bottle, But the, the, little the little girl is just, I mean, her costume is just, ah. Oh. It just kills me. Hits me oh, right in the heart. Oh, love good. It. Love yeah. it. Love it. It's amazing. It's gone dark again, but I got admonished by a gallery. Like, we I need just... to have things. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, well, I was. I read this poem, like I was saying, and I recently got the So beautiful. Poem. Well, thank you. 
Thank you. Um, I, I have a lot of dark stuff in my life. Um, you know, who doesn't? Mainly, I, I lived the sort of happy Mormon life, but at the same time, I had a brother who was constantly trying to kill me. Oh my god! Literally. Literally. Oh my god! In the head when no one was looking, and oh. say, "Mom," and she'd say, "Oh, will you two stop it?" Oh my god! <laughs> I was tortured. He That's was terrible. he would chase after me with knives and say he was going to kill me. And I would have these ways to get down the laundry chute oh out the back door and learn from him. You know, our parents were divorced. My mother went to work for a year. My brother never recovered from the divorce. And I was his victim oh our my, entire lives. Wow. You know, childhood. And it just, he would just beat me up when my dad would go away to Vegas. He'd, he'd bring his drunk friends home, make some comment towards me and end up just like kicking me all over the floor and leaving because uh, he knew he was in trouble. And my dad would come back and say, can't you keep your mouth shut? Oh, Why my do God. You, have to you? you know, it's like, oh, my God. I just like suffered so badly. But, that's you know, so up. but I felt like loved and happy at the same time. So mm -hmm. that's the that's the duo I still live in because your childhood never leaves you. You know, right. Yeah. So I have my dark side, but I'm a happy person. And right. So I'm the same way. I mean totally the, the, the same way it was like you know early childhood trauma with this chaos with my family my parents splitting up my brother and sister fighting and chasing each other with baseball bats and knives and <laughs> no. me me just kind of sitting there and hiding under the bed you know <laughs> <laughs> but but i was also like i uh i found the solace in horror movies and monsters it was like it was a way for me to kind of gain mastery over um something i was afraid of and right. that's how I coped with it all through my childhood was was getting into this horror stuff that was salvation for me because it made me uh you know made me feel like I had some sort of control in a situation where I had no control I think well, I that's me, that's me looking back and you know you know psychoanalyzing it but um but same here though I'm like you know the stuff I paint I'm super yeah. super happy i'm a very happy nice person you know it's it's and, yeah. I, and that, that's the thing that but that's uh, why we can be because yeah we're all on the canvas this is know? this is another issue that comes up all the time on the podcast is that everybody i interview on here is so fucking nice and, and kind-hearted <laughs> animal lovers vegetarians vegans that don't want to hurt animals it's like it's right. i wouldn't even kill a spider yeah exactly same here i just got one my wife told me there's a spider in the washer i had to go and rescue the spider and put it outside right. you know the, the the moths that hang in my garage that eat all the good stuff uh -huh. i find them hanging and i just have to go move them to a tree right I can't, you know, they're moving they're like squiggly they're alive like, I know who's it's it's incredible it's incredible it's like you know. I digress though <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I can relate it, I, I don't I didn't have it as bad as you did it sounds like but as far as living in um you know having this really supportive mother who was really just I think trying to survive as a single parent we didn't have a lot of supervision after a certain point because she was working and I was like right. a latch, latchkey kid that's when it got bad for me the, she only worked one year before she remarried but uh, and I had a wonderful stepdad I mean my right. parents same here my stepdad was and my stepdad was an artist too but he came in and kind of like saved the day and made it made it fun again and brought joy oh, back right. into the house yeah yeah, here's the stepdads, right? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and it's like my kid is a stepdad too. My granddaughters are my step -grand granddaughters. So oh, it's like, awesome. it's, it's really cool to see that happen again. Yeah. Um, wow, incredible story. I, I, I uh, so, okay. Uh, uh, as far as your, your concepts, because that's like another, I just, I, I can't overstate how much I love your work. I really can't. So yeah. it's like, aside from your, um, your, 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 uh, your uh technique i just i love the poses the um composition the costumes they're 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 so like they're like 
they're they're like dreams to me. They're like dreams with this weird, dark, mystical edge to me. That's how I see them. Wow. Well, I used to how do feel you come like, up with these, like I mean, that, and then someone said to me, you know how you do the steampunk thing? Oh, no. You see, your problem is you listen to like, people. What? <laughs> your, prob- <laughs> your problem is that you listen to people. Don't listen to people. I know. People. It's terrible. Don't listen well, to people. It's all this one person. Trust me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I had never heard that, and so I responded. I've never that. thought oh, of- I invented steampunk, okay? I, yeah, right. I've never looked at your stuff and thought steampunk ever. Oh, thank God. Never. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me until you just said that. But how do you <laughs> how do you come up with these um, these ideas? I mean, it's, it's Well, a- I, I heard that you have synesthesia, too, and I think yeah. I even once asked you how, what I taste like. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, that sounded naughty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I don't remember what you told Pamela, me. But I know that you taste names. Pamela is a like a um, it's like a a, a hamburger patty, on oh, a gr- no. like a grill like a fried hamburger patty. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, I have something similar, you know, but it's widespread. It's not like I have the most common form of it, where I see, uh, you know, colors in numbers and all that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But mine yeah. goes further. I have personalities. It, Every number has a gender, a color, I've heard a about personality, that. Yeah. Uh, tra- every single number. And then when you couple them together, that number has its own thing and it has the individuals. My my, I'm ambidextrous and I do a lot of things with my right hand, a lot of things with my left hand. But my two hands are these two sisters and they fight constantly. Like I'll start sweeping or like I deal cards with my left hand. Most people do it with their right. I do it with my left. And sometimes for fun, I try to do it with my right hand. And my left hand goes like, oh, yeah, this ought to be good. (laughs) Let me take over. I know how to do it. You know, so they're always fighting because they're they're people. They're separate. Right. What a trip. I know. So that multiplied by everything. So what I'm getting at is that I and I'm very, very visual, like a dog. You know, somebody will describe something. I see it. So like when right. my was talking about what they did to a dog, I'm like, shut up. I have to right. see that. Exactly. Boogers or barf. I'm like, I have to see that. Stop. Totally. You know? That's why I can't stand seeing these horrible videos on Facebook. Cause it's like, I, I, you know, I see, I, once it's, I, I'll see them for days after yeah. also like yeah. imagining. Look at that. that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Also I'm, I'm ima- imagining, yeah. um, you know, the, it's, I have like this kind of OCD too, where I sort of, I'll, I'll think of the worst thing possible, just like, just because I don't want to. So I'll think of yeah. just the most, ho- I can think in an instant, I could, I could think in total detail, the worst thing happening oh, to the, <laughs> the worst thing happening to like the people I love the most, oh you know, God, yeah. like being tortured or heads cut off. And it's like, I can see it so clearly. And it's like, it's it's oh, kind yeah. of that kind of a curse having such a good imagination sometimes because it's like you have to sort yeah, of it has its curses. But as far as my creativity goes, like because I see everything in pictures and I live, you know, as a child, I daydreamed. I got in trouble all the time in school. Like, right. Pamela, Pamela. Yep, same here. And I would snap out of it. Like what I was telling you, I can't listen to podcasts because when I paint, I'm in another world right. and I can't hear the podcast. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> all the words go in. But when it's over, I have no idea. I'm in the painting. Right, right. That's a gift in a way. But so I've always lived my entire life, especially escaping 
the torture I went through as a kid, I, I think I really went into these other worlds. Right. And I recall them all the time now. And I've always wanted to, I just would lay there and daydream. My mother would say like, what are you doing in your room? Like a normal teenager. I'd be like, I'm just thinking. Right. Well, get down here and set the table. You know, she right. didn't think that I was like on my own happy. Right. But so I've always lived in these worlds. And so, and my, my grandmother collected antiques. And we would go visit and she would have like two rooms full to the ceiling with, with old dolls, you know. Uh-huh. So I had a love of antiques naturally because I, you know, spend time with her and it just that that's I thought everyone's grandmother had antiques and they probably did. But right. um, so then I would, you know, creatively, the way I learned to sort of work is that um, I, objects would take on these other personalities. So I would I would walk in an antique store and say, like, I know you're in here. I don't know what you are, but find me. And I, you know, and that made it fun because I would go look for the thing that was going to be my next painting. And people like would, you know, say like, oh, all you do is put an object and an outfit and that's supposed to be art. You know? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's what I do. But for me, it becomes this other world. It was a long time before I realized that maybe not everybody can go to my other world. Right. So, and so I have to be careful about how far I go because I can just freaking travel, man. And I love it. But so I think that's sort of how it all started. When I started really just sort of finally made my own vision, it took years before I just stopped painting, you know, whatever, and started thinking and proactively designing like where I was going to go. But I still don't like to go, I don't like to know what I'm doing. So when I go to a photo shoot, I bring a few special things. I bring a model. I go to a location that I've scouted out and I just see what happens. So I kind of have an idea of how that is. So, and then when I get there or get the photo shoot done, it's completely different than anything I imagined. And by the time I'm done painting it, it's it's another level gone. That's so that's so just my cool. Process. That's so cool to hear, though. I love that because that's <laughs> that's like how I do it too. Just without using, uh, without taking photos and stuff. It's all about like stream of consciousness. I'm let I'm letting myself just kind of play. Yeah. You know, and when I when I'm doing my sketches or whatever, coming up with concepts, it's just about like not putting any kind of inhibitions on myself just the same way that I, I the, cause what happened was when I, I quit the film industry after like 15 or 20 years or something, I stopped to, or, or no, no, let me see. I started in 86 and then I, at, in the year 2000, I decided I was going to try and get out um, and become a painter. And then it took me another seven years before I was able to work my way out of that job. And, wow. um, but when, when I was first decided to be a painter, I was like, okay, what am I going to paint? I don't have anyone directing me. I don't have anyone telling me I need to make a werewolf type of monster or something. You know, I'm, I was right. used to having that input. Yeah. So, so I really like at first I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been complaining all these years about not being able to create my own work. And I, I don't know what to do because I have it's a hard place. any it's, options. It's so, <laughs> so, yeah. the, so the thing that I, I went back to was like, OK, I'm going to go back to when I was I feel the most the purest artist that I ever was was when I was a little kid and I was just drawing for the pure joy of it because it was fun. And because you didn't even think about why you didn't have like any meaning or you were trying to express, you were just expressing yourself purely with a pencil and paper. And so I kind of made that decision. Okay. That's where I want to be. Cause that's having the art be like pure and real was really important to me as an artist, especially after working in the film industry where nothing is pure and real. You know, right. so so I was like, OK, I need, just need to get back into that space. And then what came out was once I gave myself that permission to just kind of do it for fun, it was like monsters, monsters, just, film, you know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> OK, that's so that's what I and then it, and then I felt guilty at first, like, 
is this is this okay to do? Am I like, you know, uh, inflicting my pain on other people and blah blah? I went through all this like real struggle with what I was. Should I be making stuff that's that's nicer and makes uplifts people? And then I, you know, and then as time went by, I realized there's a whole bunch of people out there that that kind of work uplifts them in the way that it uplifts me. You know. Yeah. So I just, you know, go with, I, I, I've always just followed that, followed my nose, followed where See, I, my passion I can't was. Do that. To this day, nobody wants to be on my team in Pictionary. You know, I just can't draw a toaster. I have no idea what it looks like. I have to see a toaster and then I draw it. Right, right, right. That's what oh, my school is. I, I have no imagination. I used to tell people I'm not creative. I've since learned that I am, right. but not in the way. In a different way, though. I never sat and just drew, except, uh, you know, I was on the phone, I would draw doodles. Right. And then I can re- remember the entire conversation, depending on what doodle. Right. <laughs> and I'm t- still that way. Uh, I'll tell you, though, my, the, the, a guy I worked with, I bring up on the podcast all the time because he was like kind of a mentor to me. Um, he was a sculptor in the film industry. His name's Mitch Devane. And he was the best sculptor in the film industry, in effects. Like his stuff looked so real, you couldn't tell if it was a mold from someone's face or a sculpture. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, and he could he could also take like someone's head and do it two three inches tall, and it would look absolutely perfect. It was crazy. Wow. It was crazy. This was before the days of, um, you know, digitizing things and shrinking. I showed. I remember showing somebody an another artist his work of these little tiny heads he made and. They're like, oh, that was shrunk down digitally, right? And I was like, no, he did it. He eyeballed that. Anyway, he was like, he was the same way though. He needed some kind of, he needed something to look at. He needed, yeah. he had to use reference. That was like his thing. But man, yeah, he I could, have to. he uh, could. I, I can't draw out of my head at all. Right. He I'm was exactly the same way. So it's yeah. just like whatever works for you. My dad was the same way too. My dad used all, always used photo reference for his paintings. Always. Yeah. So, so you learn, you know, number one to accept your own hand. Right. And, your own, and so instead of beating myself up that I can't draw out of my head, it made me think I wasn't an artist. But, but my talent is in that my brain can can take the 3D and make it 2D. Right. I can see the lines. I see negative spaces first. You know, so right. even if I can't, if I don't know how big that hand's supposed to be, I just see the negative space and then go with the negative space. And right. then that's the rest. So I have all these little things I do. But but yeah, I, I have to have the photo reference and then I paint what I see. So at the same time, I have to make the reference exactly what I want because like I can't paint from a monitor because I'll paint everything blue. Oh, Even if interesting. The color way down to orange. I still, it's still blue. It's a screen. Right, right. So, it's harder. so I can't do that. So I have to paint photo reference. And then I realized I had this cheap printer for several years that kind of painted everything, put everything out purple. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I realized all my paintings were purple. Wow. There's a whole period of like three years when everything's sort of purple. And then <laughs> I had the aha moment like, oh, that's how it is. So I need a good printer. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, and I learned now to override some things, but you know, it's just, it just takes every year of your life to get, to figure out all the shit you have to figure out to be a good painter. And so right. I don't even try to paint from a monitor now. Every now and then I try to do it. It's like, nope, it ain't going to work because that's not what I do. So it's very expensive for me. I have to buy a lot of ink. Uh, and especially in, I, I've printed thousands of prints that I've never been used because I changed my mind right after I made all the prints. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll blow it up kind of small so that I have something to work from and see as I draw it on. And then when I get it where I want it, then I actually measure it and make prints the same size as what I've drawn. Right. So right. that I can, you know, because like, I'll copy it the same rather than have to make shrink it in my mind again 
or wow. blow it up a moment. Like I used to like, I would print the hand really big, even though it was like five or six inches on my painting so that I could see every knuckle and every little vein. What a trip. But then I had to like shape it down in my mind. So I thought, screw that. So, you know, I take really good uh, reference photos, you know, all the way up to the, you know, the, the hairs on the toe kind of thing. Right. But, uh, but I find that I don't really need all that. I'm, I'm not a hyper realist and I don't want to be. So right, right. I'm trying to kind of get away from that and allow other things to come in and, and leave mistakes as I'm drawing that normally I would erase and redo and redo and redo. Right. So, so that I can have that sort of quirkiness. Right. To it. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's hard. It's hard. And especially now that I'm going to be teaching, you know, live painting in, in, in workshops that I've got coming up, I, I'm going to be embarrassed because it takes me forever to draw. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I think if everybody sees me really struggle through my drawing, which has happened a couple of times, you know, but I never used to be self-conscious about it. I mean, I've drawn all through Europe, just sitting, sitting down and drawing on the sidewalk and drew a crowd of, you know, 20, 30 people. And I didn't even know they were there. I, it didn't bother me. But now suddenly if I have a class around me, like I was shaking, but you know, I think I'll just get better at it. Right. I've taught one-on-one -on -one for a long time and I haven't really taught any big classes since grad school. Right. So it's a reality check. But, um, but it's the kind of thing, once again, I'm just saying yes to because I know I have it in me and I'll get better at it. Right. And I want to teach because I think I have things to say. Oh, are you kidding? I would take one of your classes in a heartbeat. I oh, would, I would love to take one of your classes. <laughs> I think the real thing to teach people is that, number one, I'll give you some, some, some things to practice, but it all comes down to you and your practice, practice, practice. Right, you have to right. Keep, it's not going to come easy. I know. That's the, magical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but the other thing is that, you know, what, 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 people ask me the most is like, where do you get your idea? You know, like, right. Oh, I constantly read. There's an idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, face off the screen, put Velcroing your children to the TV. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. you have to input and you have to read and you have to allow your mind to go to other worlds or you have nothing to make anything out of. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. Out of nothing. So you have to read things that you want to read and not just, you know, biographies. I mean, they're great, but you have, I feel like you have to read poetry. Like I read really good writers only because I get, I want to get caught up in the words mm -hmm. and in the, you know, a really good author gives you layers and, and makes you wonder if you're crazy or who's the crazy one in here. And you know, what's that about? Like page turners, man, you can't put them down. Right. Um, that's, that's what I fed on. I mean, I've read everything Nabokov has ever written. He's, I just, and I reread it all the time. Like Lolita, it's, it, it's, it's that beautiful. It's the beauty and the beast is everything. Right, right, you right. Together, you know, it's this, this beautifully written novel about a pedophile. Right. You know, he's a monster. Right. And the, the beauty of the book is in how he talks to and about himself, you know, and, and the way it's written just lends itself to that. You right. know, you have this writer who's talking about crime and the criminal and how he's ruining a life but he's explaining to the jury why and how you know it's like it's just like this is incredible stuff right it's on shelves while people sit on their screens you know they right. don't go to the worlds and i think i require usually when i work one-on-one -on -one with students and some of them will tell you this i require them to be reading something hmm. like that and then they, i make them exercise you know and then i make them go look at objects you know to fuck because that's what I know. They can interpret it how they like, but you know, you have to input input. So, that's you know, that's cool what idea. I do. I go find things that excite me, and I like to marry different things together that don't belong. Right. So that my 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 viewer walks up and has no context, because that is what I want. There's that's where I want to find them when they have to make the story themselves. Totally, isn't that? That's what I I've always felt like. This is this creates 
I hate to use this art speak, but this does really kind of create this dialogue between the viewer and the artist. It it makes the it it it, it makes the work interactive. Yes, in a way. I think that's what art should be. I've yeah. been fighting since grad school not to write a paragraph about what my art is about and hang it on the wall next to the art. Right. Like, we're defeating the purpose. It's another language. Yeah, totally. It's you another, know? it's like, the, and it's this weird intuitive language and it's, it's, uh, it's so it's interesting. <laughs> What's that? It's interpretable. You're not saying the same thing to everyone. Right. Exactly. And that's what's, I mean, that's so, that, that is kind of the magic of it really is it's like, right. because the people, um, uh, that bring bring the uh the the they bring their own meaning to the painting and it changes the work for you as well when you hear their yeah. meanings about it it's a trip it's a real unusual thing special yeah, well, kind of I was thing having a conversation with uh, actually one of my collectors recently i worked on a commission for him and so we were talking about that and he said oh you need to title that piece and then we started talking about how it should be you know interpreted by the viewer and he's he's made an important point, and then I actually had a discussion with someone else, and they made the same point. And that it's like the title for me is that little bit of poetry I like to give to just tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from, but not entirely. And then we discuss how important it is to maybe give a little bit about where you came from because it helps ignite their imagination. Right. Because you know, often that's what they like about a work is that it it takes them somewhere, and so they want to know a little bit more. And I've decided. I get that. That's okay because I once tried to go through a whole museum and not look at titles. You know, here right. I'm to work and I'm like, hmm. And, you know, I just wanted to go look at the title <laughs> because right. I just wanted a little bit more to go on. And I and so I've since decided that you know maybe that's part of the art is that a little bit of perspective from the artist helps ignite more imagination in the viewer. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, and yeah. I'm all lofty art talk, of course, but yeah. No, it's true. I mean, um, to me, that's. Uh, uh, I mean, that's kind of to me, and I hate to say what bad art is because, you know, it's all, it's all justified, but stuff that's maybe not so great is the stuff that, you know, beats you over the head with, with, it's so right. obvious what, what it means. It's like, right. that's to me is like, kind of, that, you know, it, it's a little bit too much information when mm -hmm. I have to know what every little thing in the painting means. You've basically killed it for me. Right, right. Yeah. That's why. That's why it's it's like someone was asking um, on the podcast. I was fielding questions from Facebook. Someone someone asked about um, political art, and uh, and it's like, nope. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's it's all too. It's it's telling you too much. It's telling you too much what it's about. It's like. It just is. It just isn't doing it for me. When it's more like an editorial cartoon or, or yeah. an editorial piece, yeah. You know, so it's it's it's. I don't know. The, the mystery is what what connects art to the spiritual is when there's that mystery in there. It's one of the things that connects it to the spiritual. I think just the act of creation itself makes art kind of a spiritual, mystical type of thing. But um, having that, yeah. Go ahead. No, just having that 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 uh air of mystery in there is is important i think i think it's everything and, and and for for me and i can only speak for me i'm trying to get away from all that when i when i'm looking at art or making art right you know I hey, can, you're looking I can for something deeper and, believe me I, I i look at politics i'm i'm you know well versed i'm right. well read about it actually i know a lot of stuff about it, economics i read a lot i'm mm. studying the austrian school right now and all that but you know because there's so many perspectives on it. So right. when I go to make art, I am not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I don't want that in my art. It's right. like 
reason in there. I don't want to talk about that. I can do that without making art. Right. So I, would make, I, I, I don't want to use the word escape because I think I was talking about this. The, I think it's less an escape and more an adventure. You know, right. I'm not going to escape my life. I love my life. Right. But I need that outlet, that it's, adventure part um, that helps me deal with the things like death. You know, it helps me deal with, you know, it's like I have great pain. Like I painted the same children for like three years because I went through a bad breakup and I knew these three, these two kids. I'm sorry so well and they were suddenly yanked from my life mm, yeah and i could have continued with my friendship with them but i felt like it was better for them that i just leave right uh because i would have had to say their father was a wonderful person <laughs> right right yeah yeah and there was a lot of bad stuff like most good breakups and so i just it just had to end and so i'm still painting them wow. and everybody says like you know we're tired of that we've seen that you know i don't care i'm still there and that's how I'm working through it. It's, it. And, you know, I just I just have to keep doing it. There's something there I have to work out. Right. Everything else be damned. And, you know, th there's a certain part of that that you just have to do. And I can't just be pleasing everyone saying like, oh, I know you've all seen this. And they have. But you know what? I'm still there. Right. And I only did two photo shoots with them. So I just I could paint every one of them. Oh, and God. Because the piece of my heart is stuck right. there. And I can't get past it. And right. I have to keep going. Sorry. No. You know, to do it i'm compelled because i because there was something there that was so magical to me and it was gone in a in a, in a minute mm -hmm. and, uh and that's what art is for me yeah it's and like, how would you process I'm not avoiding that but i i am exploring that beauty that beautiful disaster once right again. right yeah you're making sense of it with your art in a way are you trying to well, to make right. sense of I'm it doing for me a lot right. of art is for me and I can't worry what everyone likes because, you know, if those pieces never sell, it doesn't matter because they, they there's something that pleases me right. in, in, in the sickest way. <laughs> <laughs> but what, a, what, an, what an amazing, um, what an incredible, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's magic to me really to, to this process of creating as a way of dealing with your your pain and your trauma and it's like it doesn't make logical sense that oh, oh if i if you paint a picture you're going to feel better it doesn't make it doesn't work that way but it also doesn't uh it doesn't make logical sense but however if you if you keep following this thing it's going to heal you over over time we love our pain we do i love to go and and, and and like you know i'll read Sylvia Plath is just the most tragic thing. And like, you know, but it, she's just so beautiful how she describes this, this end, you know, right. it's like, I can't get away from that. And, and that's where I'm stuck right now, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm loving it. I, I'm really right there now. That's what I want to do. Oh, right yeah. Now, where I'm at. I want to, I want to make this beautiful pain. Right. And I know probably not what everyone wants right now now because we all need to have happy pictures but yeah. you know i think i, I, I think don't necessarily think that's the way forward i, I think me. i think now more than ever it's not it, the times of the happy paintings are over i've been saying this for well, uh, there, is, there is relief from pain and and, and some people sure, can do yeah that. yeah I, I, i'm not i'm not saying end all happy painting i'm just saying as far as the dominance of happiness in paintings it's it's you know, to me, it's like it's realistic right now. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> it might be the escape, and that's where I would. Yeah, use hey, work. you know what? Whatever, whatever works for you as an artist, whatever works for you as a viewer. If it may, if it works yeah. for you, it works for you. But I'm just saying, yeah. from the perspective of someone who does dark stuff, I sort of feel like this is, and I've been thinking, you know, I've been thinking this 
at least since since uh, Trump got in, that this is like, you know, this is the time. This is our time. This is our time. Our art is more relevant now than it's ever been because it's truly commenting on whether whether it's conscious or not. It's commenting on the state of things. And everybody yeah. knows that everything is fucked up. Everybody knows yeah. it, whether they're talking about it or not. And so right. to, to reflect time, to exactly to reflect to, anything other escape it. Right. You can't run away do something else. It's in your face all the time. Right. So, so in what's a, in the time si- to, to just own your hand and express exa- it? Exactly. <laughs> exa- exactly. It's like, you know, just in the same way wherever, that... Wherever you reside on the... on the Right. You know, the, totally. The totally. It's yeah. Just, it's, you it's, want to escape it no matter where you stand on it. There is right. no going around without it. Right, right. It's yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's beyond politics or anything. It's, 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 it's far beyond... Uh, uh, left and right politics. It's it's a it's a total kind of breakdown of everything. And yeah. It's, and and so a conversation mostly. Of, yeah. Of kind of talking about anything is not possible right now. So right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think I think I think it's, I think it's a more valuable service than it's ever been. Especially the kind of stuff that we're doing. It's more valuable to the public than ever, and probably more valuable to us for sure as artists. But in the same way that. You were able to, you know, work through that pain that you experienced um, with those children. Not yeah. that, not that it's ever resolved, but it's, it's, no. a, it's, 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 it never will be. Yeah, and it's. Have to think about it. It's always going to be that black hole. Right, um, right, but it's but fueling. I'm not done poking it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking at it because I want to. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I am, I'm enjoying the pain. Right, I mean, which no is... really, I'm not, not in a happy way. But the same way you pick a sore that hurts or, you know, like right. people cut themselves. It's that there's something in the pain that's soothing you. There's a, there's something there. Right, right. It may not be the most healthy thing, but it's it's an honest thing. And I think there's just not enough honesty in art. Like there's not enough I, honesty I, in anything. Yeah, absolutely. You're not allowed to say anything negative. You're not allowed to say anything that might hurt someone. You're not allowed to say, you know, it's like there's so fucking rules everywhere yeah. that you can't honestly express yourself without stepping on something. Right, right. I know, and 100%. I, I the days when I could just say things that I didn't have to rethink. And I and I respect people and I understand why. Because everyone is triggered. Right, right. <laughs> you know, everyone's really upset by a lot of things. And I'm not going to go into that zone. But, you know, for me, I, I just, I feel like I've lacked honesty. And I feel like that's the that's the path for me right now. I need to find the honesty in my work. And without taking myself, you know, too seriously. Because I'll always have humor. And I, and I always will understand that I'm a selling artist. And that that's important. It is my job. I don't want to lose that. But at the same time, if I look at it like a job, I might as well give up. Oh, yeah. Or get a better I, job because there's a lot. Life thing. This is what I do. <laughs> and at, at age 57, I'm telling you that there are no other tricks in my bag. Right. This is what I'm going to do. Right. So if I can reach a pinnacle of, for myself where, I, where I'm able to honestly express myself without any kind of other voice stopping me, that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Well, you know, if... The, the, cry all the time. That's, that's, I'm I'm not worried. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, it's it's good. It's I, yeah, I I I I love a good cry. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. What's especially when art or music or something, you see something that makes you. It's so good, it makes you cry. Oh, it's such oh, such an there. that's the ultimate to me. That that's like that that artist that that they 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 did it. They reached the the pinnacle. They made me cry. 
remember but, the first time I went to, you know, the museums in London and I stood in front of a Monet and I just started bawling. Yeah, and I had people that's around me that incredible. were my, my college buddies and we're all just hanging out, you know, and I was like, I was on study abroad and I, I just, I just stood there and I just, I just boom, I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> but, you know. That's, that's the magic. That's art. Yeah, that's the magic. <laughs> you know? It wasn't because of who it was. It, it was partly that, I'm sure. Just like, oh, my God, I'm right here. I could touch it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was too young to be, you know, so respectful of art. I didn't really understand. It. I didn't have the perspective that I have now. Right. It moved me so much that I had no other recourse. I just. That's lowered. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone wandered off. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was completely unexpected. But, uh, you know, I recognize that. So right. it, that's how I express myself when something's really emotional and I don't have the words because i'm you know blonde i just cry <laughs> <laughs> well that's right you know <laughs> that, that's no I, that's that's when uh, uh i mean i think i think you know t t women tend to be more emotional and, and oh, it's like that's that's kind of where um yeah it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of fucked up for for guys to not be able i mean that's changing a lot but it's kind of fucked up that we have to put the the veneer on all the time we can't like show our feelings oh, have to yeah, well, and the cult, the culture, the culture has, you know, the culture has defined the roles in the past that well, man, man are supposed to be stoic and hold it in. Point: there is biology there, I think. Yeah, it's know. true, true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And one of the things that I love about, uh, I was going to say about the difference, you know, it's like there's a lot of fighting about the, you know, men and women and who's in museums and who isn't and all that. You know, we haven't been at it that long and we need to give ourselves a, a little time. But one thing that I've noticed and been exploring a lot is that I really, truly believe that women work in general, not all, not all, but, you know, <laughs> most of them. I think we work from the inside out. And mm. I think men, like in society, sort of work from the outside and possibly towards the inner and right. like a, That's there are great exceptions on both of that. But I've noticed, because I, I woke up every day as an artist. I have never once in my life thought I was a female artist until Instagram hit. Right. <laughs> and suddenly social media had this conversation going, I'm like, oh, I'm a female artist? Oh my right. God, I had no idea. But now that I look at my work, and I was a denier, like, oh, we're the same. It's all in your head, you know. But I now tro totally believe, and I can see it all the time, especially in myself, that I, I paint my insides. Right. Women paint psychology, you know, and, and it's not so readily out there and available and easily attached to. I think it needs time. I think that we are brilliant in that in that realm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's unexpected. And I think it just needs a little time because we're not painting epic scenes. We are painting our hearts, our nurturing, our minds, what goes wrong in our minds. I mean, there's this old book called The Yellow Wallpaper, where, you know, back in the, I guess, it's 100, 200 years ago, that's a big gap for me, but I, I, <laughs> but uh, the, have you read the yellow wallpaper? No, it's, it's a short story. I read it in high school as an assignment. But um, so this woman is hysterical, as they called them all the time. Right. And so her husband put her away in a room, calm her down. No one could visit. She needs calm. She's hysterical. So while she's in the room, she goes crazy. And the yellow wallpaper starts talking to her. Mm. And it's like, I don't know why I was making that point, but it, it reminds me of that. Like how, you know, women are crazy, so you shut them up, and then what do you expect? You know? It's right. Like we, so I do think that we're timid. In, in, I, I know a lot of strong women, and I'm one of them, so I don't mean that in, in that way. I just mean maybe not that we're timid, but I, I am interested. Most I don't give a shit about epic battles. I really don't.
I do it. I watch all kinds of history. I love them. But when art comes, I'm right here. I'm right with Sylvia Plath. I just want to explore my fucking pain. Right. You know? And I love it. And I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of women like to do. They just sort of come from the inside. And I, I'm repeating myself now, but I, I do think we need time. It's only been, you know, 50 years since we could decide if we wanted to have a baby or not. Right, you know? right. So we, we, we need to stop counting and just start listening. And I, I think, you know, I love people that collect only women. And I think that's great and shows that have only women. But at the same time, I think you run the risk of tokenism and things mm -hmm. like that. And I think it's a very slippery slope. Right. Um, and I, I won't say more politically on it because I don't think it's a political thing. I do think everyone has a very altruistic aim. However, I just think give us a little time, mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of women think that they're being shut up because they're a female when really their work is just not strong enough. Right. And go back in your studio and make it better instead of complaining that, you know, you're not part of the, the, the conversation. Right. Um, you know, that's where I do. You know, if I'm not being included in things, then my work isn't strong enough. I mean, because everyone can look at Jenny Saddle and say that's fucking powerful work regardless. Right. That's why it's in a museum. That's why it's not. That's why it's there. And it has nothing to do with her being female as far as where she's at. I think it's because it's fucking strong. Right. You know, as most work is that that's noticed. But like I said, women haven't been out of the home that long. And quite frankly, there are a lot of women in the women's movement who are stuck in jobs with low pay. And they really just want to be with their children. And they're not because they're a part of the women's movement. Right, so right. I just think we really have to be careful about assuming everything about all women. Oh, for and, sure. Um, for sure. Especially in art. And just let us let us speak the way we speak. And, and, and women need to be kinder to each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what my wife always says that, uh, women are their own, own worst enemies when it comes to that with all the, there's, there's a lot of, um, infighting, jealousy. infighting and infighting, jealousy yeah. and, and well, I was to an tearing each other down. And he was saying that, you know, he, he tried to create a forum and he got all the men out of the forum because he really wanted to hear that these were brilliant women and, and, on different sides of issues. And so he watched as the women all without the men participating at all started getting at each other. Right. <laughs> and then it got ugly, he said. And it's wow. like, you know, there it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a lot of that. So and I, I told him I know about some private groups that go in and they, you know, they yak 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 about men. And I tell them like, you know, and I'm in a couple of these groups and I've said things, you know, I shouldn't say, but I've said like, why don't you go to him? Why are you talking in here? Why don't you right. go to him? If this is the problem that men are doing, go go tell him. And then this right. friend suddenly said, oh, no, 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 no. It's not about that. We <laughs> <laughs> just want to be in the room talking to each other. Right. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. So, I, you know, I have a lot to learn about it. And uh, it, it, it's, it's a touchy subject. But... Um, but I still wake up every day trying to make my work better. I never think of myself as a female painter until I start thinking about it. Right. My things I want to paint are just what I want to paint. They're what I've always wanted to paint. And I think it's more about my synesthesiism than it. I just made up a word. My synesthesia <laughs> than it is me being female. I just, I don't come from that place. Right. So, you know, yeah. I, no one's ever told me I can't do anything. And it never occurred to me that I can't. And right. I think women live in that place and we get tired of being told we're women. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though it's a beautiful thing. I wouldn't want to be a man. No, not at all. I'm really happy being a woman. Not that I know what it feels like to be a man. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
it's not I'm all cracked up to be. Skin, <laughs> as long as people don't, you know, and this is, I think, you know, women don't like, I probably said way too much about women. You'll have to delete all of no, this. No, no, this is great. <laughs> this is all excellent. This whole interview is definitely women's art that I respond to most, quite frankly. I don't, I don't go with that mindset. But hmm. when I really, really love something, Oftentimes it's a woman going like, and right. I'm thinking like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I got you, girl, I know, <laughs> I live that. <laughs> right. But anyway, that's my uh, never to be too humble opinion about women in art. Well, no, that was uh, a lot to consider and think about and uh, and uh, very cool perspective on things. Um, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's weird. It's like I don't – I never think when I look at art, I, I – I never think if it's a man or a woman. I just, it's like it never enters into the equation for, to me. It's, right. which is good. You know, it's a good, that's how art should be. It should be yeah. about the art. It shouldn't even be about the person who made it, really. It's like, it's, it's, the art is the thing, you know? It's, right. it's like, especially with what you say, like, you know, a lot of men don't feel comfortable with their, you know, I won't, I won't say feminine side, but with their emotions and that right. sort of thing. So isn't it nice that they can approach a piece of art in their mind and enjoy things? And not have to, you know, substantiate their yeah. reason. Yeah, you know, right. art is just is free to everyone. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of an equalizer in a way if if we let it be, you know. Yeah, yeah. More of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, wake up every day as an artist and go in and make your work better and stop worrying about what it's about or where you're showing or totally. what's happening. You know, I, totally. I have to that's that's got to come first. I think all that other stuff, especially nowadays. Um, is important to consider in, at some point, but you have the foundation is the art. Make the art so amazing. This is the way I see it. Make the art so fucking amazing that people can't turn you away. That gallery that galleries have to show you. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what you should be that focusing on. Exactly. <laughs> First and foremost, the art should be amazing. All the other stuff may or may not naturally follow. You might need to give it a push. You might need to pull, play the Instagram game, whatever. But if you don't have that solid foundation. Or you might need to spend another year or two in the studio and they merge right. when you feel better. A lot right. of people, you know, jump the gun. They premature ejaculators. I just, yeah, this is another another um, <laughs> thing I say in the right. podcast all the time. You have to listen to the podcast. You're going to be going, oh, my God, I think the same thing. <laughs> now, of course. I, that's yeah. the thing I feel bad about, like younger artists that are so excited to get their work out there, and they're not good enough yet. They're not ripe yet. They're not yeah. ready yet, and it's like every everybody sucks at first. <laughs> everybody sucks at first. You have to get better. Some are amazing at first, and right. those people will emerge naturally. Right. You know, they're that's, just fucking amazing. Yeah, that's at any age, that's you know? the and that's the exception. That's not all of us. Yeah, you know? that's the exception though. Most people yeah. have to really go through a, a long period of of growth and, and they're um, impatient because it does sound like if somebody had told me that oh, I would yeah. begin to get perspective for another 30 years and be like, that's it. I'm going to go do something else. Totally. I know. I know. I was <laughs> thinking about that the other hope. day. <laughs> no, I don't want to bash hopes because it could be anyone who just emerges and finds their genius early and, right. and it's wonderful. Uh, but like you say, that's, that's going to be the exception. I just, but everyone should think, you know, and, and it comes back to this conversation I had about this poem by Sylvia Plath when, when my friend said, you know, what is it we love about this? I, I'd like to read exactly what she asked me, if you don't mind. Sure. Where, where, um, she said, I sent her the poem. She said, I want to paint like she writes or even a smidgen of it. What makes depth, Pammy? 
suffering, but something else, an awareness, an empathy, and an it factor that I'm not sure I know what it is. Yep. She said, thank you for sharing. And I said, she says, I need to get her books and poems now. And I said, yeah, stat. And then I said, um, um, there is a part, I, I'm just reading what I said because I can't remember it, not because right. it's brilliant, but I just said, um, <laughs> as part, okay, I said, but as part of the appreciation of such deep poems, a knowing, a relating, and a sense that one can, inspired properly, achieve something hauntingly beautiful. So when you read her poems, you know they're dark, you know what happens to her, and you know what it's all about. And, and But for me, it gives me that little hope that, that I can produce something like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. About seeing what, you know, she's gone now. She's been gone a long time. Right. But I get to relive her genius. Right. So I kind of want to give it to my future people. You know, if I can find some genius and show them how beautiful pain can be, I would love to leave that. You right. know, and I think as artists, we get that hope that we can leave something um, that's so spiritual and poetic. Yeah. It's about pain. It's just, it's a, it's about and we and we we can't get enough of it. I mean, how popular is Sylvia Plath, even when she was alive? You know, it's like because she can she can make pain beautiful. Right. I'm sorry, I'm stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing some great pain. <laughs> Believe me. I no, I, I'm <laughs> I'm totally with you on this. I mean, this is this is incredible. This is this is the real shit. You know, this is <laughs> this is the truth. This is the honesty you're talking about. This is it. This is what it's all about. Everybody, everybody suffers. That's yeah. you know, that's like a very. But J Jordan Peterson says everyone suffers, but you do you do get to choose how you suffer. Right. <laughs> Watch your choices. Right. That's a very, I mean, it's a very Buddhist kind of uh, perspective, you know, it's like, right. that's it. It's suffering. Life is suffering, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but within that, in order to stay alive, we have to find the hope because right. that's what life is. I mean, you don't think about it every minute. You think about where you're going today. And right. I look at the, the beautiful earth I live in and I study the planets because they just like Europa just astounds me. Like I want to go there, mm -hmm. and, you know, more mind travel because I have a problem, but, um, you know, which serves me, but, um, but yeah, it's that you, you stay alive with the hope, right. but you always, you always, um, you know, salute the pain because right. it's there and we can't escape it. I guess I, you know, I'm not a writer clearly. You, yeah. You, you, you to say it. <laughs> I, one, one of, uh, one of my, uh, favorite quotes I have to quoting myself, which is the douchiest thing ever, but, <laughs> but it's a good quote. It's a good quote. Dark art honors suffering. I think that kind of says says it all about the what's yeah, what's right yeah yep. what's important about dark art. Why it's valid. Why it's important. Why it's meaningful. You know, it honors what suffering. Honor? What is honor exactly? We honor the pain. That's a yep. beautiful quote. I love it. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't think that the happy art because I'm going to not use any important names. You know, but <laughs> happy art by happy people isn't honest. Well. It is actually that wasn't right. That thing was talking out my ass. But it's um, not honoring suffering. That's for sure. You can say that much about it. <laughs> and a lot of people don't need. You know, yeah. some people just are lucky and they just have right. Right. <laughs> and they want to paint, you know, beautiful things. Right. And there's nothing wrong with painting beautiful things. I just like a mix of them. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you know, and I think, and I, and I know, I know what you're struggling with here is that, like, you know, you want. I feel the same way you do about the happy art. But you, you, the reason that we feel this way and, that, and and we word it that way is because we've been marginalized for so long for doing stuff that's dark. 
And it's like, yeah. you know, we're finding our finding, finally finding our value and importance within the, within the art world. And it's not that it should all be dark or it should all be happy. It's that it should all coexist equally and have an equal say, right. have an equal place at the table. And yeah, now, and we're fine. And, you know, and so it's like, you know, and now, like I said, now's our time. This is, this is the time when what we're, what we've been doing all along is like suddenly become valid for, I think more people than ever before since they're, they're it's, reaching for it now. Cause right. yeah, we're, the wall right yeah. it's 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 so i i you know I, somehow i i'm i'm maybe just this way but i still i'm always i'm an optimist maybe that's yep. it but i really feel like somehow this is gonna push us in a way that we need to be going you know but that's yeah. what i, I kind of believe that about life anyway i, I kind of you know have these spiritual beliefs that Kind of, it's all good in the long run. Well, yeah, because you make it good. It's like confidence. I was listening to a hypnotist the other day, and he was talking about how you you act. You know, it's obvious stuff, but it's good to hear it again. Like, mm -hmm. you, you just be the confident person. Like, you know, if you just own it, then it becomes. Right. You hypnotize yourself. You, you stand up and you make something happen because you just believe it's going to happen. It is sort of that jumping off the cliff thing, but then it then it manifests. Right. Then it is. Yep. And then I was going to say last night, you know, even with all this talk and reading Sylvia Plath and kind of really feeling in a growth period as far as my spirituality, I we we just turned on Looney Tunes last night and watched all that dark art, you know, it's right. like old guys from Brooklyn and then all that, totally. death, you know, the trickery and the lines, yep. and you know, but that there's your chicken boy. <laughs> it's been there all along. And though. I have like I have nine hours of Looney Tunes on tape. It's not my first uh, circus, not my first rodeo with Looney Tunes. But, right. you know, my roommate is a hilarious guy. and He was a cartoonist and he's an MFA and a mathematician and an astrologer. Wow. He's amazing. But, um, but you know, we're sitting there looking for things to watch. And, of course, everyone's up on the flu. And then all of a sudden he just threw on Looney Tunes and I just <laughs> laughed my ass off for like the next two hours. I just was like, oh, my God, I just love these guys. You know, I never knew as a kid they were these old guys from Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> Had a voice totally. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. You just knew it was like yeah. a tough guy. And they're all gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And plus he has a certain connection because, you know, he's been a cartoonist and, uh, and he's really funny and really talented, but, um, he, one of his jobs when he was younger is he had to drive around the United States because his buddy worked in, um, in the field and he had a poster, uh, made with all the cartoonists, um, on it. I can't remember if it was a picture of each, I think it was a picture of each of them, but it might've been a cartoon of each of theirs, but, so he made prints of them, but everybody had to sign it. So my roommate drove around the United States and met each cartoonist. Oh, how and amazing. And all the pieces. So he tells me stories about them. You so know, cool. That's you know, amazing. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really important. I'm really grateful during this time that I live with someone I've known for so long. We have a platonic relationship, but he's actually my son's adopted father. He actually legally adopted my son. Oh, and, cool. so, you know, we've lived together for 20 years here platonically. And just and he just has me laughing constantly. We have a, a hilarious wiener dog that thinks he's the center of the universe. <laughs> if you know, dogs. So, you know, I laugh all day long. That's I great. My roommate is just fucking hilarious. And so I think like, you know, I wish I was in love. I wish I had all these things. But you know what? If I had it, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need more. I got a wiener dog and a hilarious roommate who, you know, <laughs> who is easy to live with. And, you know, we do our jobs and it's all good. And we have our private lives, which is good. But, you know, right. um, like today I said, can you keep yourself and the wiener dog far away from me for the next two hours? <laughs> <laughs> 
usually it's like them running in, the barking dog, the heat's on, the cold right. wind's coming in, the normal <laughs> It's like, oh, my God. Can I just go to work, please? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to see uh, your new work. I'm really looking forward to seeing I, what I comes out of this. Because it's, I, I have no idea. It may just be the same old thing. I, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> your stuff is. Your. You could keep painting the same thing you've been painting all along, and it's. It's a. It's more than enough. It's so amazing. So I mean, I. I. You know, I was telling somebody about the uh, the the block, and I said, you know, I I feel like I read this book called uh, uh, The Alchemist, which most people have read. When I was young, and it didn't have a lot of meaning for me, but it's about this this guy who wants to find himself. So mm -hmm. he travels all over the world, and the book's all about his adventures all over the world. And then he comes home, and he says, "Oh my God, I was here the whole time." Right. <laughs> and that's how I feel. Is that so? I I did. I realized that to end my block, I had to go back. I had an epiphany one day, and the the clouds parted, and the birds sang, and it was over. And it's been over since. Amazing. That block is over. But what I realize is that I just need to do better photo shoots. I need to direct better and, and get more of what I want rather than trying to do it in some other way. Right. And I just needed to come back home to where I was happy and start there. And so that's what I've been doing is just moving slowly from there. So when people say, like, oh, I can't wait to see your new work. It's like, no, no, it's, it's the same. It's not. <laughs> I just want to see new. I just want to see new. I just want to see new paintings from you. That's all. Because I love your work so much. Well. I got I got 15 on the wall. Most of them I can't show because they're for upcoming projects. And they say, please don't show this on Instagram. So everybody yeah. else gets all the love and I have to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, less Instagram is much better. And no offense um, um, to what's his name? Zuckerberg. <laughs> all right. <laughs> for me, I need less voices in my head. So it, yeah. it's a bad addiction and I'm not great at it. I still kind of post, but I really, what I need to do is leave my phone in my room and just yeah. work solitary yeah. like I know. I think the answer for me is there. Yeah. Say so I've been, I've been taking a step back from social media myself and it's been amazing. Mostly uh, I've just talked about it. I still keep posting crap. Right. <laughs> but I'm slowly getting better at it. You know, like any addiction, you, you fail several times. Right. Finding my hook in here. Fall and off the wagon. Where we are, I think I'll be better. Um, and, and I just need to get all the expectations and shit out of my head. And, you know, it's all yeah. about me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now let's talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that we're ending the podcast, well, we're we're almost yeah. at like the two hour point, so I'm going to let awesome. you go here. That was it's fast because such... I talked the whole time. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was amazing. Excellent, excellent, excellent episode. I can't wait to share it. People are going to be so stoked. Um, I posted in the our little dark art society cooperative secret group on Facebook for <laughs> Patreon members, and and everybody was all excited that you were going to be on the show. So I can't oh, wait to no, to post it. Know. Yeah. So, <laughs> boring person on earth right now. But thank you for no, having no, me. no. It was excellent. It was great to get to know you better. Oh and yes, I love your work. I've always followed your work ever since we showed together at Copro with oh, thank you. Bean Art, uh, the B and Art shows. Right. That turned out to be a, a quite a spectacular little family, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Copro, I, I want to show there too. I want to be in some shows at Copro. Oh shit, Copro. Yeah. I, I will. I, as soon Tell as I get you. off, as soon as I get off here, I'm going to text him. I'm telling him. <laughs> no. I, Tell Gary I said please. Okay, okay. No, you're. I'm. Sure, I know he 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 loves your work. So I don't. Oh, yeah, I love them, but that would be nice. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Well, I love my galleries, and I'm certainly you know I've I've got enough deadlines right now. But you know I I, I don't want to lose. That was such yeah. a great, great feeling and great place to show, and it would just be awesome to do something with them once in a while. Yeah. But well, there I, I go talking ahead of myself. I'll let I'll let him know. I'll let him know. 
Well, thanks. yeah, thanks again for coming on. It was great. Uh, uh, really excellent. Uh, really. I'm so excited about this episode. Um, oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> it was really good. Really real talk. Anytime it gets real. The best very, episodes are when it gets real. To talk to you and I, I did feel like I, I, you know, I was telling you earlier, like, I'm afraid I'll get comfortable because then I talk out my ass and I say bad things about <laughs> things i shouldn't but right. you know i I'm, i can't be polite anymore i'm over 50 we shouldn't yeah, be fuck, polite. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah definitely once you get to 50 it's fuck it it's fuck it time yeah. but anyway, all, right. Thank you. all right so uh, uh everybody thank you for listening please share like and all that stuff because this podcast still is kind of a word of mouth thing so if you could let people know that would be great if you want to join the patreon it's only a dollar a month you get the podcast a day early you get in the secret facebook group we've been doing live Art jams every Friday on Zoom, which is pretty cool. So there's a lot of features to uh, benefits to joining. So anyway, that's it. Thank you, Pamela. Uh, I love the conversation. I will. Good work. You too. (laughs) I'm glad you're out of your out of your block. Yeah, I'm moving. Yes. So let's say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Goodbye. Thank you.